Let me tell you about Evangelion. Although that's not what we'll be talking about today. Mm-mm. I'm Ashley. I'm Luke. I'm joined... Oh, sorry. Yeah? I was just ready to jump the gun. I'm sorry. No, we're excited. Yeah, this is a frenetic, fast-paced thing we're yes. talking about this time. We can never stop talking. <laughs> not even for a half second. Although, I did notice that they do... They are willing to let it linger for a bit sometimes. Yeah, no, that's actually not a fair... Yeah, listen, we should... <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the first three episodes of Fully Cooly, FLCL, mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is the kind of, uh, is the follow-up of Studio Guy Next to, uh, you know, just as even going in terms of production, obviously not in terms of storyline. Well, I was going to ask, too, because I think this came out in, like, 2000 or 2001, and Eva was, like, 95 and 96. Did they not... What happened in those other five years? Um, I think End of Evangelion may have come out more. Uh, it's, I'm looking at... No, it's 97. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at Wikipedia. They made something called, uh, His and Her Circumstances, Modern Love's Silliness, and Aruchiban Ebichu. Come, I always have heard about this as... Yeah. Like, oh, this is the... Oh, you know what? Uh, some of these are, like, manga, so maybe this was the first, like, full, like, animated thing they did. Yeah. Um. Although I do know, uh, His and Her Circumstances did have an anime. Uh. Oh, I think that what it is is, uh, Fully Cooly was, like, one of the first that was just them. Okay. Like, like, because all of these other ones are, you know, JC Staff. I see. Well, Guy, well, uh, FLCL, well, FLCL was production IG. I don't know what the fuck they were talking about then. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um. But we should probably talk about some other things before we talk about FLCL. Yes. Uh, so we oh, recorded. Actually, I was so listen. Why would we ever need... To, we, we should record these Eva episodes in advance so they can come out right away when the Netflix show goes up. It's not like there's going to be anything new to talk about on any of them. It'll all be retrospective. Uh, it'll need, just be old discourse coming back up, and we right. can cover all of that now. There clearly won't be anything new that we need to get into. No. <sighs> <sighs> Do you wanna do you wanna get into it here? Alright, um I should maybe try to find the name of oh, the translator. That would be a good That would have been smart. Yep, yeah, sure would have been. I can probably find it real quick. Um, so there was a if 
since we've uh, recorded the last uh, few episodes on Evangelion, the uh, Netflix uh, version has come out on streaming, which also includes the Netflix dub, which we thought was going to be the case, but we weren't sure. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, Dan uh, Kinemitsu. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and should we start with the positive or should we dump right, jump right into the, uh, this? Uh, what do you mean? Like, I think we should probably start with, I mean, why don't we just follow this narrative linearly? Okay. Um, and so it, people were surprised that there was a dub kind of at first, but it was again, like I said, it had been kind of like people were assuming there would be one, but there had been no, like, cast announced beforehand which is weird right and all of the trailers had just shown like action scenes with like instrumental music over it Mm -hmm. Uh, i think the first thing people realize is that fly me to the moon was no longer in the american dub yeah so or the american version at all so all the end credits are just silence right no they they get um, a different song it's another song from the, uh, okay. like, you know, score that Evangelion uses. I gotcha. Oh, no, but I think what it is is that when it comes in as, like, background music during the show, those scenes are just silent, right? I think that's it. Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. I, overall, I don't feel like Fly Me to the Moon as an ending theme is something that really bothers me. It doesn't bother me other than I thought it was really cool how they recorded like a dozen different versions of it. Uh and if you're going to replace it, like I I I don't think it's like ridiculous to replace it. Like that's fine, but it would be nice if you could preserve that idea of like lots of different covers of the ending theme. Yeah. But that costs money. That costs a lot of money and also people a lot of people are like Oh, Netflix paid, you know, this many million for Friends, but didn't pay for... It's like... Yeah, because it's Friends. It's Friends, which is probably... I'm going to say, in America, probably bigger than Ava. Yeah, I'm sorry to tell you that Friends is going to be more profitable for them than Evangelion. And Evangelion is still probably going to be profitable for them, even without... Right. The ending theme, which... Because, like, the only people that even know or notice or care about that are people that were going to watch it anyway to complain about all the differences. Yeah, like us. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, so, people, like, started posting about that, like, as soon as it got uploaded, basically. Yeah. I think and people then, immediately dug through to find some, like, possible trouble points, and, you know, yeah, it did not take long for them to start cropping up. Yeah, I, I ended up seeing it pr- like an hour or so after the it got released in America. Yeah. Uh, which was that in the episode uh, 24, uh, The Final Angel, the one the one with Karu. Yeah. Not, not knocking on Heaven's door. Yes. Knock! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that the line, I love you, has been changed to... Uh, I, I, you're worthy of my, 
I am worthy of your grace. Well, no, so, and I have not watched the episode, so maybe I'm, I'm a little confused. I think Kaoru says to him, I like you. Yes. And then at the end of the episode, after Kaoru is dead, Shinji tells Masato that Kaoru told him he was worthy of his grace. Maybe he does say that in a different scene, and I just didn't see screen caps of it. That would make I, sense. I, I think you're actually. I, I think he says it in their like bedroom. That would make sense. Yeah, I think that I like you. Scene is when they're taking a bath together in a very heterosexual way. And like, and yeah. Before we get into anything, I think for us, for the people who have eyes, right, and are not homophobes, right. It is very still, it, like, they cannot change the animation. It is still very obvious. Yeah, here's the thing. If you're taking that one thing in a vacuum, I actually agree that I like you is a better line there. I have talked before. I almost am kind of suspicious of Kaoru because of how instantly he clings on to Shinji. And softening it from love to like actually makes it feel a little less nakedly manipulative to me. Mm-hmm. But, but. <laughs> even with it being love, there's people that like to pretend like there's nothing romantic between them. When you have to have, uh, you have, yeah, th- there is like it's not really a point of debate. Uh, and I think when you are making something, you have to take into consideration like the cultural context around it, and especially mm-hmm. with this kind of thing, like. What is subtle in a heterosexual relationship is non-existent to a lot of people in a queer relationship. And you have to think about that when making word choices. And I think softening it gives bad people who are arguing in bad faith uh, a point in their favor in a way that I don't think you should enable. Yeah. And I get people who, like, you know, people who are not dipshits. Yeah. Defending this with, like, it's more true to the source. Right. It's, and that we should not have to, like, change the words of something to kowtow to, like, the, a few, to the dipshits. Sure, yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, my understanding is that I like you is a more literal translation and it's, you know, the, the translator kind of got out on Twitter and said, well, yeah, it's it's clearly an ambiguous line in the Japanese. And, like, yes, in the same way that I like you can be ambiguous in English, right? Where it can mean just I, you know, like yeah. I like you or I'm romantically interested in you, especially with, like, teenagers. Yes. Um, so I understand that. Uh but in, in yeah. also there is like in terms of tropes of the shonen and shoujo anime uh. where that specific word which I uh, I feel bad because I don't like have the actual Japanese word I have it written out in Japanese that I can't read in front of me yeah that's I'm, I'm still not there <laughs> it's not really helpful <laughs> let's not make my way through. You know, katakana. Doing some Duolingo? <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I got some books. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Learning any language seems like it'd be really hard. But uh, the specific form of like that they are using is also used in a lot of uh, anime, uh, like, you know, especially in 
I've mostly seen it the Yuri genre because, of course. Yeah. And it still does carry that, like, friendship or not, like, you know, friendship or love. Mm-hmm. Where, like, that can be misconstrued. And like, it's also the, what, in the cut scene of Persona 4, where uh, Yusuke uh, confesses to you, he uses that form of like. Okay. Which is seen as... Right, and then ma- that, that gets played as a joke that, oh, you misinterpreted what he meant, right? Is that... Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, or if you want to go further into that, like, he admits, he agrees with your misinterpretation. Sure. To, like, kind of laugh it off. Right, right, right. Um, de- depending on how you want to read that character, which is not what we're really here to do. <laughs> sure. Because it's from a whole different bag of war. We, yeah. We, we cannot get into Persona right now. Um, and so... This it became a very like just a, a debate of how people do certain things, right? And which I think is a like much harder debate to have with with like in terms of like it feels like there's like no at at the time it was hard to say that like. Oh, this dude's definitely a homophobe, a hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I do think there's logic to his argument. I just think that it's also kind of ignorant, and you know, I don't know enough about that person to say that it's willfully ignorant. But yeah, it's it's not paying attention to certain facts about our culture. Yes, and so. That kind of was happening, and while that was happening, people started looking, you know, through more of it. Right, because, again, Uh, like, his argument very much was, it's, I'm trying to keep it literal, and I'm trying to leave it ambiguous, and you can read into it how you want to read into it. Let me me just read the tweet. Okay, yeah, that's probably the smarter way to go here. Um, well, I'm not, this is from someone saying, uh, Shinji and Carter have been alternately less explicit, despite many in, uh, aspects of the interaction still very much point to uh, nothing but a romantic one. Uh, how, where did the decision come from when, and why was it made? Uh, and he responds with, While I'm not in the position to refer specifically to the decision involved in the scene you described, in all my translations of any title, I've tried my best to be faithful to the original source material, bar none. The power of storytelling sometimes depends on the ability of audiences to establish emotional relationships with the characters, as well as recognize intimacy between people based on uh, inferences. It is one thing for characters to confess their love, it is quite another for characters to infer, for the audience to infer affection and leave them guessing. Committed are the characters, what possible misunderstandings might be taking place, leaving room for interpretation makes things exciting. Sure. Which, again... I can agree with all of that. Yes, in, in devoid of all context, I agree with what they're saying. And, and I can even agree with it in like terms of what you've talked about with how Karu is presented as a character. Yeah. Uh, another, like, I did have seen people say that another possibly, like, split the middle of the road thing would be, I'm interested in you. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because um, that... Yeah, go ahead. That can be seen as... 
romantic and also not kind of, yeah. but it is implies yeah. certain things. I would almost say I I'd be totally fine with I like you if it wasn't for the fact that it was very pointedly replacing I love you, you know, what 20 years later or whatever. Yeah. And there have been people who have said that like, oh, and the sub the translation for the ADV version which is kind of what we have been watching for the majority part. Mm-hmm. It definitely has its detractors. I am part of it on some. Sure. Of where... Of how this, like, worked. And some of their translations that just... I, I think were a bit weird. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, as part of that, like... I, and so I was kind of coming on the thing where it's like... Basically what you say, which is, I get this, but I think it's also ignorant of the context that it's in. Yeah, and I'll say, because we're we're about to get another layer deeper into this, I think, but I do want to just point out, not, this is not a, uh, it's not wrong that it's like this, I just don't like it as much. At the beginning of End of Eva, during, you know, the scene, the line Shinji has in the new dub and new subtitles is, I am the lowest of the low. Which is so much worse than I'm so fucked up. Like, they nailed it on that one. And I'm the lowest of the low. Again, it's probably a more literal translation. But it's such a weaker sentiment. Yeah, it it almost, like, feels like he is being, like, contemplative about it. While I'm so fucked up. Yeah. It's just so immediate. Yeah. Of someone realizing how horrible they are. Right, especially, like taking the whole thing into context, we're like, you've watched the whole show, it does not have harsh language like that, and then the opening scene of the movie opens with an F-bomb, like, that sets a tone that they should have, they should have just kept that line the way it was in the new uh, translation. Yeah. yeah. There's some other, like, for me at least, some small quibbles, like, I think the use of third children is, again, more accurate, right. but sounds weird in English. It sounds weird. They should have kept it as child. I'm not like fine. If you want to make it children, whatever. You know. I I when I saw that that happened, I made a post that was like someone on a like 30 year old anime board just yeah. won an argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I will say too, regardless of how you feel about this script, um, I think that uh, new voice actors do a really terrific job. Yes, I I think especially uh, Shinji is really good. I think Shinji's actor is amazing in this. Voice uh, actor for uh, Shinji is uh, Casey uh, Mangiello, mm-hmm. who is a trans, I believe, non-binary uh, actor who I think just really fucking kills it. Yeah, they're they're fantastic in all of this. I think most of the cast is really good. The only one that I kind of stood out to me is not as great was Asuka's. Yes. Um, She's just doing a very, like, anime dub video game kind of job, you know? And it's not not bad. It's just, I think, like, Masato's actress and and Shinji's actor. Like, I think they are just completely killing it. And she's doing fine, you know? Yes. Um. Yeah, we we have talked about the, the a scene that we specifically looked at was uh, the scene of Shinji with Asuka and End of Evangelion. Yeah, 
and uh, they bring so much more emotion to the role of Shinji. Yeah, in that yeah. scene of like just how desperate he is and how pathetic he is. Yeah, I also looked up uh, the end of twenty six to listen to how they did that, and uh, I mean their performance also makes me cry. So like you did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just watched it a week ago, and you still got me, so. Um, so, yeah, let, let's get deeper now. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, okay, so, so all of that well, conversation happened. And people started pointing out moments where, with heterosexual relationships, he was much quicker to right. say love. Yep. And some of those I was more okay with than others. Like, the one ending of, you know, like in that scene we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, Shinji says, Asuka, you're the only one for me. Right. Whereas in the, the old one, he just says, like, I need your help or I need you or something like that. Yeah. Which, that's clearly a change. I don't speak Japanese, so I don't know if it is a more accurate change. Uh, but, like... Obviously, like, he is not talking about love, and, like, he is saying you're the only one that, for me... Right. ...as a term, as, as a way of manipulation, not... Right. Or at least, I mean, that's... Asuka's accusing him of that, and movie yeah. Shinji sucks, so she's right, but... Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think the one that really started to really kind of crack this armor was, uh... People started pointing out that anytime there was background noise of, like, news broadcasts talking about terrorist attacks, uh, he changed it so that they were talking about leftist extremist terrorist attacks. Yes. Where the Japanese word is, like, just a, a, like, they're using the word sect as, like, a loan word, and it's a neutral term... And he's gone on and on about how what's important to him is faith to the source and maintaining ambiguity. And he ter- he made it explicitly, like, political and partisan. When it wasn't originally. And that's, hmm. That's yeah, weird. He, he has defended it uh, by saying that, uh, like, oh, the way this word... Uh, is sometimes commonly used is with like a very specific leftist group, but they're like in. It's like, again another thing where it's like, okay, you're saying you want this very literal translation, right? The word actually doesn't imply anything, and even that association is fraught. Right, like, if you're gonna tell me that you're translating it that way because that word has a connotation in Japanese that goes beyond its literal definition, okay, but the way Karu said I like you had a connotation to it that you said you shouldn't translate. Where ambiguity, like, ambiguity was more interesting. Right, so which is it? It seems like you're maybe picking and choosing. Yeah. And the ones you're choosing are... Interesting. <laughs> interesting choices. Um, and then I think people started to investigate this person's... Uh, uh, other work. Other work, yeah. They're their CV. <laughs> and uh, they're uh, the creator of a Dojin series, I think, right? Of, um, yes. 
of uh, Strike Witches, which is... Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've heard of Strike Witches. Is that the main one people have been yes, talking about? Yes, that is... Okay. So, it, it is a fan OC of Strike Witches. Oh, okay, which, okay, I see. Which is I, I, important to, th- to say, I think, mm. in regards to this. And if you don't know, Strike Witches is a kind of moe slash horny anime yeah about girls who are kind of humanized versions of fighter jets okay yeah and, yeah, yeah. and airplanes and like they have like these weird kind of jet packs but they're not backpacks they're like on their feet mm-hmm. yeah um and this is a doujin series about one of those people who is a nazi Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when that kind of came to light a lot, all of the other stuff that was like, mm, this is weird, this is maybe something weird's going on. Right. Then once it turns into, oh, he's horny for Nazis, then it, hmm. hmm. Yes. Guess that, well, that answers that question, I guess. It's like, oh, now this is why you, or maybe want to be more ambiguous about the gay relationship, but be really specific about the leftist terrorists. Yeah. Uh, and I have seen some discourse about, like, some people saying that his doujin is basically child pornography, and other people saying, eh, no, it's not, come on, this is bad enough without you embellishing it, and I don't want to investigate it myself to find out, frankly. Yeah. Uh, all I need to know is that I'm looking at the. Co- you can look at the cover and see uh, iron crosses on it. Yeah, it's it is a woman, like you said, kind of a, a personified tank wearing an iron cross and no pants. Yes, which is par for the course in Strike Witches. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. No. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's just a, a big bummer that this has been so marred by all of this. Yeah. Because, I, like I said, I think the dub for the majority of the part is pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 I have quibbles with it, but I think the script is fine, and I think the actors do a really great job. And it sure sucks that this guy's really got his tendrils in it. Yes. Uh, and... As part of it has his tendrils in, like, the the other dubs of, like, Evangelion stuff. Like, is working in yeah. a company that works hand-in-hand with Guy Next and Anna. Yeah, because I guess another piece of this that I had forgotten about in all of the stuff that came out about this guy. So, I guess Funimation was in charge of dubbing the Rebuild movies. Yes. And... So I, I read a big long thing that I, I guess you know for the sake of the narrative of this podcast I got some spoilers about the third rebuild, but yes. I, I don't really know the plot of it or anything. Um, um, and also I feel like we should say take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, grain of salt. We don't know that this is true, but it it sounds pretty reasonable. Yes. So I guess the third rebuild kind of uh, makes the Kaoru Shinji stuff a little more explicit. Um, it, uh, you knew that uh, Karu was already a big part of shit of yeah, uh, three point and yeah, I mean, he's on the cover of it. Yes, and it is a thing where, uh, like, 
there was more content there, and yeah, I'll say like some more very ex- like not explicit, explicit, but explicit in terms of that it is a romantic relationship, and so yeah, the dubbers kind of went with that more. Yeah, my understanding is that like it already was more explicit in the Japanese version, and they made it even more so, and really pushed it and made it, you know, very. Very explicit. Like, no two ways about it. This is a romantic relationship. Yes. Um, and they premiered and it. Like, yeah, and, and not in terms of, like, Shinji going, oh, I'm bisexual and I love you. Like, it's, like, just explicit in the way that a relationship in a romantic comedy or, like, a action anime between a guy and a girl would be. Yeah. Um, so this premiered at an anime and, convention... Not not to say that, like, Shinji going, I'm bi and I love you, would be... No. Sure. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, that... They didn't they didn't quite go to that level of, like, spelling it out. Yes. They just did everything up to that line. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so this premiered at an anime convention, and, uh... As someone who has watched some bootleg videos of convention premieres, they're yeah. pretty rowdy. Yes. Uh, anime conventions in uh, America are very, very rowdy, especially at the screenings, which often happen late at night. Right. People are, uh, probably a lot of people are drunk there. Yes. They're yelling, they're laughing, they're kind of... So my understanding is also that 3.0 is uh, maybe taking some pages out of End of Evangelion's book in terms of being a little antagonistic towards the audience. And the audience was reacting to that. Yes. Uh, every time there was... So, so people were already kind of like, maybe not booing, but like groaning at the things that were like, oh, geez, this is what it's doing? Okay. And I don't really know what and it's again, doing. And again, like, but... 3.0, I, I, I have also not seen it, so I'm not sure on every yeah. single thing. I think I, I know a bit more than you just because of... What I saw in the, <sighs> in the write-up I read was that I guess there's a big time skip that has a lot of really weird implications. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so, you know, people were reacting to that. And then when it got into this Shinji Karu stuff, people were either, like, cheering or laughing at all of the things that really drove home that they're, like, romantically interested in each other. Uh, and I guess the people from Gainax were there? I, I don't know if that's the right company, because yeah, uh... this is complicated. <laughs> Yeah, the people from Gynex, or at least representatives of Gynex. Yeah, and they apparently were not fans of the way it was reacted to, because this is a serious movie that should be taken seriously. Why are you hooting and hollering about it? Um, when that would have, again, it's an anime convention, that would have happened no matter what. You could maybe show Grave of the Fireflies and people would still be hooting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely they would be. Uh, so they took the, like, they broke off their relationship with Funimation. Uh, as far as I know, that Funimation dub of 3.0 just, like, never got publicly released, right? Yeah, and this is also getting into why 3.0 has taken so long, took so long to come out in America. Right, so they redubbed it from the ground up with, I think, with the cast of the, the Netflix thing, right? That one I'm not sure about. Because okay. also there was, like, another bit of controversy where the... Because the Funimation dub has a lot of the same people from the ADV dub. Uh-huh. 
and they were not allowed to... I, I've heard something, and again, not confirmed, but it sounds believable. Yeah. Okay, no, this is a different cast for the 3.0. Where the, the Funimation dub people were not allowed to uh, come back for the Netflix dub. We're not allowed to even, like, audition. Yeah. And I could see that, especially in being like, no, you guys are like, it, it, all of you are so iconic in those roles. Right. And we want this to be different, and we want to let new people bring new things to these characters. Sure. Which I 100% get. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to make a new dub, make a new dub. Um, But that is definitely something that, like, when, uh, I think Spike Spencer or Shinji... Yeah. When he gets on Twitter and goes like, oh yeah, I wasn't even allowed to audition. Yeah, that's weird. It, it, it puts on a weird feeling of yeah. like, oh, okay. Right. So my understanding is that that is because, like, kind of scapegoating Funimation there. Gainax tried to say that, like, the reason the Rebuild movie got that reaction was because they made the Shinji Kaoru stuff too over the top, and they, going forward, were going to make sure they got much more literal localizations of Eva stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads into the Netflix stuff, and was kind of the explanation for everything until all the other stuff broke also. <laughs> yeah, which... And I, I, it, I mean, it could. this is, could still be a dude who is shitty. Right. But this could also... Uh, but also all of the stuff that he did just be what is what Gynex wants from even yelling going forward. Absolutely. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, like it it is hard to say at this point how much this is a uh you know, someone who a translator using their position to do some things that are very specific. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what it erases and what it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this could be Gynex as a company deciding that they don't want this kind of translation and localization happening with their uh, product and having it just be something that they are... Like, they don't want to, like, push that as what the main series is about. Right. Yeah. It's not great either way. No, it's not. Um, And also, I think that, like, the reaction of people being excited about this relationship in this (laughs) Mm -hmm. is, and, and having their spot that be, well, then we must make it smaller. Right. Is silly. Uh-huh. I mean, and, it's silly at best. Yeah. Um. And. It's just, yeah, it's so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Do we have anything else to say about that stuff, or... No, I, I feel like the, the main reason we were... Because like, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. And, like, Twitter DMs. Mm-hmm. 
of just like yeah this is a thing that like it sucks that it that this has kind of marred this what is otherwise a pretty good dub right and it sucks in terms of what this means for the series going forward yeah yeah um i will say i did some googling uh yeah earlier and i found that in the united states it is illegal to tell someone who is like imminently about to commit a crime to like to encourage that that's incitement like yes like if someone's holding a gun you can't provoke them into shooting it you can't generally endorse committing crimes in a vague way so let me just say again stealing is great <laughs> and you should just steal evangelion <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what your cool friend over here on this anime podcast has to say. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, and if you are in a position where you are hiring voice actors, maybe give some of those voice actors a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did great. It's not their fault. No. Anyway. Uh, oh, and then, again, very small thing. Yeah. Uh, all of the Japanese titles have been, like, not translated. Yeah, I don't think that's a small thing at all. That sucks. Apparently the way of why it happened is because, like, it, it is something to do with they can't handle that amount of, like, subtitle text in, like, the ways it goes, because mm -hmm. it will go, like, up and down, and... I mean, I guess, but, like, the title cards in this show are so important to comprehending it. Yes. And also, it... One, it was very funny to see people being mad about, like, where where do they come up with these, you know, episode titles, which are all the English episode titles. Oh, sure. Uh... So, like, for instance, the the one I saw was Asuka Strikes. Uh-huh. Uh, which is also, which is the Japanese title, and then the, uh, English title was Oscar Rise in Japan. Right. Yeah, uh, like, I saw, like, unfamiliar ceiling turned into unfamiliar feelings. Yes. And, like, yeah, like, it is important because it goes from, like, the, both of them being, like, unfamiliar blank, unfamiliar blank. Right. Said something. Yeah. Or, uh... Instead of both of you dance like you want to win, it's mind-matching moment, which is just worse. Not as good of a title. No. <laughs> both of you dance like you want to win is so much fun. It also says exactly what the episode is going to be about. Like, that one I can at least... Okay. I think that's the better title. I can understand the justification that, like, if we're cutting... If you're if you're arguing against like third children, both of you dance like you want to win is technically grammatically accurate, but it sounds awkward. But that's part of what makes it a good title, even for English, because it just yes. it makes it stand out more. And yeah, like it, it makes it stand. And again, if you're doing the literal thing, which you know, third children, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Um. But we originally were not planning to just talk about this. No, we were talking about an entirely different show. <laughs> we were gone talk for 40 minutes. We knew. Yeah, it needed to be talked about. 
we we're going to talk about FLCL. We're talking about Fooly Cooly. Yes. Can I uh, which... ask a really stupid question right out of the gate? Yeah, go ahead. Is the t- and maybe this is completely stupid because we just kind of figured out that maybe this wasn't a direct follow up to Eva. I'll say if someone knows that history better, tell us. Is the t- this is a I'm realizing more and more how dumb this question is. Is it supposed to be like FLCL? Like God, I don't understand any of that Eva shit. Fuck it. Let's just have fun. Um. I don't think so. I don't think so either. It just hit me coming back to this show after watching a bunch of Eva. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, three of those letters are the same. Wonder if that means anything. <laughs> um, but fully coolly, uh, we're gonna probably both gonna be using both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is also known as a uh, furry curdy. Yeah. Uh, which. There's a lot of jokes in the show about curry. <laughs> right. There's a... Oh, God. Speaking of localization, so did you watch this subbed or dubbed? I watched this dubbed. I started watching it subbed, and I kind of flipped back and forth in the first episode, and I landed on dubs, because what I remembered about this show is that it is lousy with pop culture references and weird bits of wordplay. And the thing about this show that's really good... Yeah. ...is that they did this like this is one of the best dubs that's what i was gonna say yeah like the localization job on this must have been so difficult because it is all puns and pop culture references in a way that you have to both find equivalent references and puns in english that still fit the timing of the japanese animation it is incredible that it's as good as it is yes and it's very good yeah and there is like a f- like four year difference in between when uh, Evangelion ended and when Fully Cooly started. Mm-hmm. Um, probably maybe even less of that if you counter like uh, production costs. Yeah, and like not production costs, like production and stuff. Uh, it is. Just throughout the game, I'm going to say, it is amazing how much Fully Cooly seems like a modern anime, while Evangelion feels like a 90s anime. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I'll say, too, kind of on the subject of, like, the dub, uh, flipping back and forth like I did really made it clear, A, they really went out of their way to find actors that sounded the same as the original ones. Yeah, so, I I'd actually just looked this up, and yeah. that the... Uh, director of the series, who I should have the name of, uh, Kazuzuya uh, Tsurumaki, mm. he looked at, he, like, cast all of the dub actors in English, for oh, English. Huh. okay. Yeah. Because he wanted someone that had the same, uh, like, essence is what the quote said. I can see that. Because um, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is that the, the Haruko voice actress is clearly doing an impression of the original one where like there's times where she'll speak Japanese like if she's saying a name or if she's just making a noise where she's doing the exact same delivery as the original version yes in a way that like okay you are really trying to make this faithful while preserving the spirit of the thing it's this is a weird one to like jump to after having that big long conversation because this feels like doing localization right as opposed to the Netflix one which is just doing it like, literally. It's so... 
uh, Haraharka was voiced by uh, Carrie Walgreed, and this is her first voice acting. Wow. Man, that is, that's coming out swinging. She is really good. Yeah. Uh, And, like, yeah, she has become, like, one of the mainstay voice actresses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let me ask you this, were there any... Okay, before we even get into this watch, what was your, like, relationship with Fully Cooley before this? Uh, I watched it as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, I really liked it. Yeah. My first, uh, online username was Conti. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, to the point where there are still people in the world who call me Conti. Fantastic. Uh, and yeah, like, I, I had the DVDs, I had the, uh... It was one of those things where, like, I saw... The first time I saw it was on an episode on Adult Swim late at night. Uh-huh, yeah. And it was, like, the fourth episode. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I remember it premiering on Adult Swim and watching it and just being completely, like, mesmerized by it. Just, like... like if you... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I was just saying, like, just the, the animation quality and all the weird animation in it and... Even, like, the palette is very different than most shows. Yeah, like, this is... When people think of, like, weird anime from Japan, this is, like, almost a comically... Yeah. ...stereotypical version of it. Mm-hmm. I think also, maybe getting ahead of myself, stands up reasonably well. I was surprised by how much it stood up. So, like, I... Yeah, I watched it when it was first on TV, and I adored it. I talked a few episodes ago about how I bought the DVDs for $25 a piece. Yes. Uh, I watched them many times. Uh, I watched them with the commentary on them. Uh, yes. Which, which it I only is... like half remember bits of, but I remember it being really good. Mm. It, it is in Japanese. It's like, it, it yeah. is not, like the commentary for the occasional even Evangelion episodes that they did commentary for. Mm-hmm are all the English voice actors. Right, and, and that's interesting, but, like, you weren't there for, like, the writing and the, the initial creation of it. Like, you have insight on yeah. parts of it, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember they had a lot of outtakes for the dub actors on those DVDs, where they were, like, either completely tripping over some of the Japanese words they had to say, or, like, not matching the timing of the animation at all. It was just fun. Yeah, and sometimes just, like, being... Weird and goofy about stuff. Yeah, where they're just yeah flubbing their line. You know, it's it's bloopers. Yeah, you know what bloopers are. Uh, but yeah, so I watched this show a ton. I think I was very much in the mindset of oh, this is so deep, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I think as I got older, I kind of looked back on it I'm like, I mean, no, it wasn't. Like, it was. Maybe slightly deeper than other things that were on Adult Swim at the time, but you know, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't it Trigun, than Aqua but, Team Hunger Force, right? Or even anime-wise, like yeah, there's more to it than like Trigun or Big O or something. Yes, but that's not you know some complex masterpiece. And we are not saying that has like a that this is better, like that this is. That Big O's bad. We we have talked I about Big O love enough. Big O. <laughs> that yes, Big O's great. But Big Trica. O's also just very melodramatic and you know maybe not a 
there's more going on under the hood of that show than like other stuff, but it's not that yeah. deep. Try try God's bad. <laughs> I mm, the thing is you're right, and it hurts me very <laughs> badly to agree with you. Yeah, listen, I know. I know. Trigun was, like, my favorite show for, like, four years. Oh, but it's not very good. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, just like everything that Critics apparently makes. Yeah. This has a lot of weirdness around it. Definitely. Uh, there was a rumor that they said they were going to make a 12-episode series and then spent all of that on six episodes. Right. Uh... And basically, like, a lot of this was a way for people to experiment with various stuff that was happening with, like, with animation. Yeah, and that's, I think that comes through pretty clearly, definitely in, like, the second episode, but there's a lot of just experimenting with stuff, like you said. Yeah, and, like, and not even in the way that, like, Evangelion got experimental. No, there's, like, shades of that, but that's not... Yeah. Yeah. But just, like, hey, let's do a completely different animation technique for this one scene. Just cause. Yeah, l- l- let's see how we can work with slow motion. Yeah, let's take this scene and kind of rotoscope it? I don't know what they're doing in that one part yeah, of episode two. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like, watching it this time, what really hit me was that, like, I'm not looking at it as, oh, this is super deep, I gotta decipher all the secret meanings, because that's, that's like, not there. But just, like, being able to move past that now as an adult, y- looking at it... You're not paying attention to what soda he's drinking at the moment. Or or I am, because that's not that hard to keep track of, you know? Yeah. But like, as a kid, that's like, oh my god. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, and it just kind of hit me that, like, once you kind of set aside all the dumb intellectual questions that don't matter that much, like, the emotional storytelling of this is way better than I remembered it being. Yes, and you can also focus more on the craft. Yeah. Um, I will say, we do need to talk about it, and we'll talk about it as we go also, they're still really, like, sexualizing teenagers, huh? And this one gets weird because they're supposed to be in grade school. They're in, like, sixth grade. Yes. Um... But, and, like, Mummy Me is older, and there's scenes where it's very much about, uh, Nauta's, like, sexual feelings towards her, and I'm less skeeved out by that than I am scenes where, well, this is just a scene where she's by herself, why are you positioning the camera so that we can see up her skirt? That's weird. Why didn't yeah. you design her with a longer skirt if you wanted these kind of scenes? And we know. We know why, and I don't like that we, I don't like the answer. Yeah. Uh, have you read the manga? I was going to ask that. I have. I don't remember it that well, other than I remember at the end being very confused about a scene where, like, now just fingernails fall off. Uh, yeah, so the manga is much, much darker. Mm hmm. Uh, it includes a subplot about suicide bombers. I don't remember that at all. Uh, of which, uh, Naoto's grandfather ends up being one. Wow, what? Okay. All right. Uh, there is a weird pseudo romance between uh, Haruharuka and uh, Mamimi. Huh. You know what? Now that you're saying all of this and me not remembering any of it, I don't think I have read the manga. I think I picked up the manga at a bookstore and flipped through it. 
Yeah. That... <laughs> I think I opened up to the scenes that are manga style in the TV show to read through them and see how they were in the actual manga. Because also in the manga, like, the manga is much sketchier than even, like, the manga scenes in the show. Yeah, I, I think those specific scenes are, like, literally the same drawings. But in general, yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, it does end with him, like, uh, she ends up with Haruharuka giving him a Vespa to, like, a Vespa that could go into space. Uh-huh. And he's trying to get it started, but he can't, and it's, his fingers are bleeding mm-hmm. from him trying to start this. Yeah. It's it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but do you want to get to the first episode? Yeah, let's let's get into these episodes. Which is just called Fully Cooly. Yeah. Uh, and it opens with, like, I love the, I've always loved this opening bit of the show. Where yes. it's just, it's Mamimi and Nauta hanging out at, like, where we'll eventually see as kind of their normal hangout, just under this bridge uh, somewhere in town. And Mamimi is, like, taking practice swings with Nauta's baseball bat and, like, talking about how you have to, what's her, like, he who conquers the left side conquers the world. Yeah, and it's it's like, she's giving baseball advice, but it's in this very weird way that makes it seem like it's about more. Yeah, yeah. Which is a good way to see the show. Definitely, because I, I think that's a running thing in this episode. Mimi and Nauta have a couple conversations, and they're, like, never talking about the same thing. Yes. Even though they're directly responding to one another. Uh, and uh, then he's ignoring her, doing homework... And Which he's not doing at home because that's not cool. That's not cool. And she gets horny and tackles him and starts making out with him. Yes, and, and, I, and he's been sitting down the whole time. I don't know if you really, it, it I don't remember because it's been a long time since I've seen it for the first time. But her like tackling him and seeing them laying on the grass together is the first time you really see. Oh, he's a good bit younger than her. Yes. Um, he is a good. She has like a foot on him. Yeah, like she is. Like, a high schooler who has almost graduated. Yeah. And he is, like we said, six, uh, in sixth grade. Yeah, so he's, like, 12, and she's, like, I'm, like, 17. Yes. Yeah. Which is weird. It's weird. <laughs> uh, and also, he says that she's it, she smells like cigarettes. Right, and, yeah, she's like, uh, I haven't been smoking. And she's just, like... You, you get a, a weird shot of her breast, like, going up against his back. Right, which that's what I'm saying, like, that's a shot where I'm more okay with that than other ones because it's trying to create, like, now just sensory experience, where, like, that's where his attention gets drawn. Yeah. It's still uh, a little weird, but, like, there's at least a justification for it, as opposed to later stuff. Um. And... Yeah, like, uh, she also mentions that if she doesn't do this, she'll overflow. Right, and he asks her what that means, what would happen. She says, probably something amazing. Manimi, and, uh, yeah. Manimi also, I think, has a pretty good voice actress. Yeah, I, I think the whole uh, English cast on this is really good. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, I her Japanese voice actress is in a similar vein, but she's playing it like she can't... Like, she's just very deadpan all the time. Like, she never, like, shouts or yells, even when it looks like that's what the character's doing. She's just be like, yeah. ah! Or she's just very muted in a way that's, that's, that's funny. It, yeah, it's 
Um, but I do like the way like her inflection goes up as Manimi as Manimi. Yeah. I, I think both are funny, but I, I partly also just because it's what I'm used to. I can't tell if this is just a cultural thing that I don't speak Japanese, so I'm not used to it. It feels like a lot of the names on this show are kind of tongue twisters on purpose. Yes. And maybe that's, again, not the case, and I'm just not used to saying Japanese names. I mean, like, I think Horror Horika is meant to be like, this is the same thing repeated. Right, like... Like, Moemi's full name is Samajimi Mamami. And then, yeah, Haruhara Haruko. And then we eventually find out her real name is, like, like Haruhara Raharu or something. Where it's even, yes. like, more in that direction. Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, an intentional thing that all the names are kind of tongue-twisty. Or if that's just, you know, if a um, Japanese person wouldn't have any difficulty saying them. Yes. Uh, so, speak of Hara, we see her, uh, like... Uh, she's on her trademark yellow Vespa. Yeah. With uh, the pillow sticker. We do, before that, uh, get, like, now to narrating about the Medical Mechanica factory. Oh, that yeah, that's important. Town, where it's just this gigantic uh, iron. Yeah. Like a clothes iron that is bigger than skyscrapers, and there's no other buildings in town that are anywhere close to as big as it. And it is just constantly, like, well, not constantly, but very, a lot of times, giving off steam. Yeah, I think now it just says, like, once a day in the afternoon, it just puts out so much steam that the whole town is just buried under fog. It, the whole town becomes Silent Hill. Right, yeah. And this is all in him as kind of this disaffected teenager way. Yeah. Going, nothing special ever happens nothing here. Nothing ever amazing happens here. Nauta is... He kind of looks like Shinji, for one thing. Yeah, and, and part of that, I think, is Gainax always kind of has similar main characters. Probably. Um, he, But I feel like, also, he kind of has depression, but it's more low-key depression than Shinji's. He's just kind of melancholy and, like, bored of everything. He, he, he turns his, like, melancholy into, like, kind of being a bit of a delinquent. A little bit of a delinquent, kind of just, like, disaffected and moody all the time. Yeah. But, like, in a moody way that, like, he'll tell off his dad. Right. Eh. I'd tell off his dad, too. I mean, listen, his dad sucks, but also Gendo sucked, and... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we get to Haruko, who is eating, like, a... She's eating some kind of snack. Yeah. There's lots of, like, very specific snack references right. in this that Later I don't think... Later on, someone's talking about how a woman on her Vespa, Vespa stole her snack. I don't remember what it was, though. Yeah. Oh, also, this is a, a, a thing, something that links this and Evangelion. In the manga version, uh-huh. uh, it opens up with the end of Evangelion line, uh, where does real life begin and dreams end? Like, that whole monologue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it ends with, I don't know, video games, I guess? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then, yeah, so Nauta and Mamami have uh, gone, like, on top of the bridge they were under where there was a vending machine, and you get the beginning of kind of a running thing where Nauta puts money into a machine and then someone else hits the button for him and gets a drink he didn't want. Yeah, which is, I think, a sour drink this time. Yeah, this one, it's sour. I think every episode, there's a different, like, flavor of food that he's complaining about not liking. Yes. 
Uh, and when he's doing that, like, he's like, oh, you know, I hate this. And then we get the first hints of, like, that my Mimi is, was into in dating uh, Naoto's older brother. Yeah. And she's kind of using him as a stand-in. Yeah. It's... We I don't think we've really gotten the backstory yet, but now it's his brother. I think Tosku is his name. Yeah, they they say it like all of three times in the whole show. Uh, he got he's in America because he got drafted to be a professional baseball player. Yes, and uh, yeah, now to kind of always carries around this baseball bat, but you know they don't they'll get into it more later. Uh, but Mommy just kind of talks about how he never actually uses it at all. He just takes it with him everywhere. Uh, and also, she calls, constantly calls different things, including Naoto, Takun. Yes. Which, yeah. it probably, we can maybe extrapolate that was the nickname for, uh, I've already forgotten the dude's, the boyfriend's name. Yeah, uh, Tasku. Tasku, yeah. Yeah, or at the very least, Takun sounds like Tasku. Tasku. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all of a sudden, um... We can't get too far without saying this. The pillow song kicks oh, in. Yeah, absolutely. The pillows do almost the entire soundtrack for this show, and it's so fucking good. This show would still be good without the soundtrack, but it would be like half as good. Like, you can completely ignore all the dialogue and story and just appreciate it as a bunch of pillows music videos, and it's great. Uh. If I you have I'm not listened to The Pillows, or if you've yeah. only listened to their Fully Cooly stuff, go listen to more of The Pillows. They're a great band. Yeah. Uh, and Harahara uh, starts coming in with her Vespa and swinging around a guitar. Yeah. And ends up cra- like hitting uh, the still mostly full sour drink can. And... Losing control and then just plowing into Nauta. <laughs> right. Sorry, not to keep dragging us backwards. Like, the, they had a whole... Mamimi and uh, Nauta had, like, a whole confrontation where she walked off and he, like, threw the drink down in anger. And you get, like, flashes of, like, an airplane and a letter that aren't explained until later. And he's uh, about to say something to her about his brother, and then that's when Haruko comes in, and, like, we're gonna see, near the end of this episode, he keeps trying to tell her that his brother has a girlfriend in America, and kinda has ditched her. Yeah. In a way that, like, he told Nauta, he didn't tell her, in a way that maybe they did not have the kind of relationship that Mamimi, like, acts like they did. Yeah, and from what we see of Mamimi later on in the series, she is someone who is a bit obsessive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in ways that can be considered creepy? Maybe. I will say, uh, we'll get into it more in the next episode. I felt very, very bad for Mamimi watching these. Oh, no. Like I, I think also she's a very, like tragic character. Yeah, because, like, something that you see as this series goes is that you only ever see her wearing her school uniform. She's basically always just hanging out under that bridge. You eventually kind of get the implication that she either is not welcome at home or does not have a home, or whatever's going on at home is like, like worse than, ha- where, than hanging yeah. out under the bridge all day. Yes. 
And, like, that's never out and out said, I don't think, but it's, yeah, it's bad. Because, like, even in this, later on in this episode, at night, she is hanging around the bridge. Yeah. It, it, you can easily read this as that she is a homeless teen. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think, and this is me half-remembering stuff from the commentary, I want to say they talked about how it's not super uncommon to see, like, homeless teens in Japan wearing their school uniform, because it's a school uniform. It looks nicer than stuff they could wear otherwise. Yeah. Uh, And so, there's a lot of... uh, As we are done talking about that very serious thing... Yes. (laughs) Now it's goofy Uh, times. Like, there's this very good black and white thing as he, as Nauta is, like, slammed across the bridge, basically. Yeah. And, uh, maybe he takes a photo of, of him before going to help. <laughs> Typical millennial. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I picked up on the, like, I don't think I got the joke of this, which is that he gets run over by the Vespa, and Haruko freaks out about uh, the fact that she killed this kid and she's just like having a meltdown talking to herself while Mamimi is trying to explain that he's she's getting his name wrong and like she's just trying to like like hey can you not uh, yeah like she's like you can't move his head right so she gives him like CPR which is you know mouth to mouth mouth to mouth <laughs> It's like a whole, like, rotate around scene. We can come back to it. But just the joke of she goes through all of this, like, freaking out that she killed him. And then as soon as he's okay, she just hits him again. Yes. But, yeah, kind of one of the first bits of, like, oh, this is, I see what this show is, is that kiss. Because it's this big, dramatic 360, like, rotate around them while she's kissing him. And And also, like, there's that whole bit where she is, like, dropping a, like, that, like, handkerchief over his face. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, And she's like, ah, oh, he's dead, just like Tarukon would be, and he's like, and like, Medivh's like yelling, like, he's not Tarukon. Right, I don't know why you keep t- kept calling him that? Not his name. Uh, but then, like, And, she and just, like, she's, like, in yeah. a, like, fetal position, but, like, she's, like, rotating. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it starts making, like, train chugging sounds while she just moves around the bridge. It's very funny. Uh... Well, she's, like, muttering to herself about, like, what onomatopoeia is best to describe yeah. the sound it made when she hit him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she gives mouth-to-mouth, and it is this big, like, slow-motion, somewhat, three uh, like, CG. Yeah. Uh, where it, like, goes around them, and then, like, it zooms in on the baby, who's, like, freaking out. Right. And then it cuts to them in a, like, It goes like a picture-in-picture thing where, like, they're hanging out in a trailer talking about, yeah, that was a really hard scene to shoot. We had to just hold our breath for the whole time. It was a lot. And then Nauta, like, pops his head in, like, freaking out, like, wait, that wasn't special effects? Yeah, and I think as, like, a... 11 or 12 year old watching Adult Swim that was the point where I'm like oh watching this entire series it, it gives you also like very quickly like don't worry too much about this yeah yeah like don't worry about like the internal consistent logic right like we know we're having fun yeah uh, but yeah then she revs up the engine on her base which is Great. very cool and just hits him again yeah 
And, uh, like, grabs him by the ankles and starts, like, shaking him and, like, change is falling everywhere. But she's saying that something is not coming out of him that she's expecting to. Yeah. And she's gonna just keep hitting him until something does come out of his head. And Mimi's like, hey, fucking stop, you said not to (laughs) hit him, like, not to move him. Right. Uh, but yeah, and then she just, like, they yell at each other and she just drives away in a huge, like, dust cloud and, like, (laughs) every car on the street is just blown into the river as she drives past. Yeah. And Mimi does ask if she put her tongue inside. Right, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, probably. (laughs) We'll get into it, uh, Harahara is, like, if the, like, our read of Misato as being this kind of, like, using her sexuality to try to get young boys to do what she wants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Har 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 is that, like, up to 11. 100%. Uh, so yeah, Nauta is just angry that he got hit in the head twice, and, uh, like, grumbles about how that woman is, like, a stupid adult who doesn't want to grow up. And then it cuts yeah. to him at night, and he's got, like, a square lump where he got hit that is not how like, lumps look. Yeah, like, not even, like, an anime lump. No, it is very... It's like a weird horn growing out of his yeah. head. And this is the beginning of this show's, like, constant use of phallic imagery. Yes. Is it... He's going, oh, I just hold it then. I'll right. just hold it down. Yeah, I just have to figure out a way to hide this hard thing sticking out of my body from everybody. Yes. And so then it cuts to uh, school the next day. Yeah, and he's just wearing, like, a big, dumb bandage on his face. Uh, and immediately, uh, one of his classmates... Uh, let me try to get the... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, I, other than... Uh, oh, well, don't even know the girl's name, even though she's got a whole episode about it. Nina Mori. Nina Mori. I don't remember the two boys' names. They're not that important. No, uh, they are kind of weird. They Their designs remind me a lot of Toji and... Uh-huh. Aoba oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But I their personalities are kind of switched, almost. A little bit, yeah. The, the kid with the glasses is, like, super hyper and, like, constantly just... Jabbering away in every scene he's in. Yeah. And that's uh, Minami in uh, Masamudi. Okay. Uh, and yeah, they're talking about, like, yeah, there was some girl on a Vespa who stole someone's, like, snack. And uh, there's a rumor going around that if she. She's, she's some kind of. Like a Vespa woman, like a wasp woman. And if she stings you, it'll, like, make something happened if you've been doing perverted things to your body. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone kind of... you know, like... Yeah. Go everyone ahead. looks at Nato and like, hey, what are you hiding, buddy? Hey, what's up with the huge bandage? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, but yeah. BB is 17, uh... Nauta is 12. Okay, yeah, yeah, so we got it right. Uh, uh, so they're, yeah. like, just all kind of making fun of Nauta for, like, oh, you're a pervert! Right. And it just kind of fades from that into his narration, where he's just back to being disaffected and bored. Yeah, like, oh, yep, still nothing happening here. Yeah, nothing interesting at all ever happens to me. And as a teenager, I'm like, oh, I relate to him so much! <laughs> <laughs> but, like, now it's like, you fucking asshole. Right! Uh, uh, 
like, we'll get into it more as we go. I will say on this watch, I related way more to most of the other characters in this show more than Nauta. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, like, walking home, and Haruka, like, pulls up behind him and starts talking about him and asking him questions about if anything well, weird's been happening. Even before that, she's, like, measuring uh, him with, like, her, like, fingers, like, trying to, like... Yeah. Like, almost, like, see how it looks, like, on a camera. Right, like, and yeah. And she's like, yeah, no, this feels good. This is a good feel to it. It's yeah. right, right kind of place. I picked a good noggin here. I think I got this. Uh, but he runs away from her. He, like, jumps across train tracks that are, like, closed because the train's crossing. Yeah. So she's just stuck letting him get away. But he goes to the hospital for his bump. Which, you know, fair. Fair, because it's a weird bump. And uh, the nurse is talking about, I don't remember the weird name she gives his disease, Like, f- but it's got, like, FLCL in it. Yeah. It's like Flictronic Clipper of Waver Syndrome or something. Yeah. And, uh, she's saying and that... And, like, she yeah, says, like, the, like, or more commonly known as, you know, teenage, like, skin hardening syndrome. Right, and she basically says it commonly happens to, uh, adolescents that try too hard. Just like, yeah, it kind of happens a lot to, like, moody, disaffected teens that monologue about nonsense all the time. And he's immediately like, that's bullshit. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, also, yeah. like, the nurse has a little, like... What looks like one half of a cuff. Yeah. And she's, like, playing with a pen in a way that makes the, like, there's a link of a chain hanging off of the cuff and it keeps jingling. So, like, it's very, like, noticeable. It also is speaking in this very, like, kind of ridiculous voice. Yeah. Like, flip away of a system. Right. And then as soon as he calls her out, there's, like, two voices for a little bit as it, like, switches into Haruko's voice. It's, I like it. Yeah. This scene all of a sudden turns very scary, and she, like, yeah. attacks him with the guitar and misses, but, like, smashes the machine he was laying on. Yeah. And, and like, her, yeah. Yeah, her eyes are all, like, weird, like, definitely, like, more scary. Right. And, like, her, the way she's, like, moving is, like, almost like a slasher villain. Right. And then it immediately cuts to, like, an exterior shot of the hospital where, like, the whole hospital is bouncing around like a cartoon. Well, you can also see that she has tied up and stripped both the nurse and the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she only took the nurse's clothes. That's a good point. (laughs) (sighs) And there's, like, also a, like, syringe, like, in the middle of the, like, like, stuck in the ground. Yeah. But yeah, then it cuts outside, and it's this very, very cartoony version of the hospital. Like, it is a fight in a giant, like, Looney Tunes cartoon. Right, it's just such a weird total shift where, like, it's legitimately scary for about ten seconds, and then it immediately switches to Goofy. Uh, and then, like, she just suddenly loses it, and then we just see how to, on the outside, like, walking across screen. <laughs> right. Uh, and then it just cuts to him. Uh, it's like the commercial break, and it, yeah. when it comes back, he is at home. He lives, like, his family owns a bakery that, like, doubles as their home. Yeah, it also seems to be somewhat of a, like, convenience store. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's talking on the phone to Mamimi, being very mean. Yeah. Or, like, she has developed the pictures that she took of him getting hit, and he's just yelling at her that he doesn't care and doesn't want to see him. 
and she should talk to one of her friends instead and just hangs up on her. And you just get a very sad shot of, like, her right. by, the, by the river, under the bridge. Yeah. Just like, oh. <laughs> uh, okay, then. And he kind of, like, falls asleep for a little bit and wakes up for dinner. And then when he goes in, we meet his family. And more importantly, the art style has completely changed. Yeah. It is now. This is the the famous manga scene. Right. So it's like. It's hard to explain if you haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know. Go watch it. Why are you listening to this if you haven't seen it? So it is. Go steal it. Stealing is cool. Yeah. It is all in black and white. You know, and like the half toes and all that. Yeah. And as part of it, like, and so, like, all the stuff, it is structured like a something that would be like in the shonen anime like shonen jump kind of thing including with like character bios to the side right and it's very much it's like you're looking you're holding a manga up to the camera and the camera's like panning around the panels and then the actors are voicing what's in the speech bubbles but also like they are moving within the panels also yeah yeah and the camera is doing a lot of erratic motion and yeah speed lines are moving around yeah it's it's a very complicated thing yeah, and we'll, the plot is uh, Har Har has run over his dad. Yes. Uh, who is this very kind of weird pervert character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, uh it, yeah, and so... And no, go ahead. Har Har, Har has uh, come in as their live-in housekeeper. Right, uh, to make up for, for running him over. And he clearly is horny for her. And yes. over the course of this conversation, like, first he hears that he was hanging out with Mamimi, which we find out that uh, his grandpa, who's also there, has always kind of, like, hated ever since yeah. uh, she was around his brother. Says a lot of very mean things about this teenage girl. Says, she, I bet she does it like a weasel. She's yeah. cursed. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, like, over the course of all of this, at some point... Just while he's rambling about how inappropriate it is for his son to be hanging out with her, uh, his dad just says "fooly cooly," and then he stops yeah. and says, "Like, hey, what's that mean?" Yeah, he goes like, "You know, fooling around, fooly cooly." Yeah. What's fooly cooly? Right. And he yeah, like now it goes like, "How should I know? I'm just a kid." Right. And then his dad is just like, oh, I get it. I get you." Yeah. yeah. And, like, in the background of the rest of it, it's his grandpa trying to explain to Haruko what Fooly Cooly is. Yes. And I know this from the bits of the manga I've read, where what he's doing is he's trying to explain that it's a way of kneading bread, but obviously yes. they're using it, like, like kneading a woman's breasts or whatever. Yeah. He's doing, like, nipple-tweaking motions. Yes. And there's, like, a lot of, like, really weird puns where he's, like... Yeah. Uh, where he's like going like, oh, it's like a uh, you know sniffing curry powder off a desk, and like Har Har goes death. Right, like he's trying to like do a bunch of like innuendo, and she's deliberately misunderstanding what he's saying, which is making what he's saying like he says something even stupider as a result, and it just like devolves into nonsense. Or like at one point, like he goes, it's like MTV, and she goes empty, but her speech bubble is just empty. <laughs> right. And then it just turns into, like, this sequence of him stripping, like, and changing into, like, a groom's costume, because he's now in this fantasy about, like, oh, how everyone would 
be so jealous of him if he had a hot young wife like Haruko. Yeah. And she goes like, oh, I'm already like that with, uh, with uh, you know, t- uh, Nardo. Right. And they're yeah. like, what? Oh, we've gone mouth to mouth. And uh, instead of being concerned that his son has made out with a 20-year-old woman, his dad just like, oh, man, I've been cucked by my grade school son. Yeah. His dad fucking sucks. His dad sucks. And is also an Ava fan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which we'll get to. I think during this sequence also, there's a point where he just devolves to talking about, like, like, critically analyzing Gundam. Yeah. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. It's like, it's like Gundam, right? Like, some people just say it's giant robot anime, but really it's like an allegory for war. And now it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, it's not, also, it's not even allegory. It is. <laughs> right, like, what, what are you, what? That's not, we weren't talking about Gundam, Dad. You just get the feeling that he just brings it up no matter what. Right, yeah. And it all just kind of ends with everyone yelling at each other, and Nauta is goes to take a bath. Uh, and so Harahara is like talking to someone unknown, but like not like we don't see like a person. We just see like she's talking to something on a desk. Right, we're seeing her face, and then like we're seeing her back. Yeah, and she is like saying stuff that seems a bit more. Like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. It's like, no, listen, I'm working on it, but the kid I found is useless so far. Listen, mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. And then Ato walks in, and she it looks kind of like she's talking to his cat. Yeah. <laughs> Who's voiced by Hideaki Anno? Yeah. Uh, and then she just kind of picks up her bass and starts strumming on it while they talk. And she's, he's trying to ask her, like, who is she? Yeah. Because, hey, I, I should probably know who the person living in my apartment is. Right. And she claims to be an alien. Yes. And he tries to, like, get her to, like, all right, no, no, but for real, who are you? And she starts asking about the bandage. And it gets weird and tense. Yeah. And she, like, I- re- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, she like is like suddenly like very pointedly asking about this, where she has been like very carefree and like yeah silly before. She's like, "Tell me what's under the band aid." There's like a zoom in of her eye, where there's like a red light blinking in her like the yeah. center of her pupil. Uh, and she like reaches out to take the bandage off, and he slaps her hand away and yells at her to like just go, like go go hang out with my dad. He's the one that brought you here. Yeah, he's the one that wants to fuck you. Right. And she kind of makes puppy dog eyes at him and says, you're the one I saw first. And it immediately, like, he blushes and just, like, goes and lays down. Yeah. And, like, she is turning on the charm in right. the way that, like, Masato kind of did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, he says, like, she can't sleep on the top bunk of his bunk bed because that's his brother's bunk. And even if he's not here, it has to be respected. Uh, so she lays down next to him, and he freaks out, and she's like, well, where else am I gonna sleep, buddy? So he just gets up and takes his pillow and leaves. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, go ahead. And uh, there's also some very good animation. Oh, yeah. It goes without saying, every scene in this show is beautifully animated. I, I just want to point out that, like, after that very serious intense scene where we also get, like, some of the, 
like quiet moments where it's like a long shot with no, neither of them moving, but she like near the end of it just like strums a note on her bass. Yeah, it's good. Um, but she uh like what he lays down, he like immediately goes super cartoony. He's like, "What about you're gonna lay here? You're gonna go? This is gonna be where you sleep?" Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, but yeah, so he walks downstairs with a pillow, and like again, if we're calling out the good animation, this is a scene that's always stood out to me because like his dad stops him because he wants to have a conversation with him, and now he just like stops and turns to look at him. But they animate so many frames of like his pillowcase flopping around just from this. Like, yeah. one second shot of him rotating 30 degrees. Like, it, it doesn't need to happen, but it makes it feel so much more real in this yeah. thing that is so unreal. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason that one shot has always stood out to me in this show. Um, but his dad explains that Mamimi had come by at some point and dropped off the pictures of him getting hit. And so he's like, oh, you've also got hit by... Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I get you. Um, and he mentions that Mamimi asked for if she could have their day-old bread, and in a very kind of insensitive way, his dad just like, hey, is she poor or something? Yeah. What's the deal with her? And, uh, Nauta kind of freaks out and runs out to go find her. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she is hanging um, out. Oh, go ahead. The, one of my favorite kind of, like, needle drops almost at this point where, because, yeah. uh, Har-Har watches as... Uh, he is as he runs away, and she's like holding his cat, and he she just goes, "He's all right." And the cat goes, "Meow," and it, you just hear right. the, tick, yeah. Tick. And I forget what this song is called, but it's a great song. Uh, yeah, Mimi is smoking a cigarette that she has written the words "Never Knows Best" on. As a kid, I thought that was the coolest shit. Absolutely. Writing cool cryptic shit on your cigarettes is cool, objectively. I, that's another thing I remember from the commentary, where they're like, yeah, we just wanted to have her something on her cigarette that like didn't really make any sense, but sounded deep. That seemed like a thing a teenager would do. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. As a kid, I was like, man, if I ever spoke, I'm going to do that. Absolutely. What would you write on your cigarette? I don't know, probably never knows best because I'm original with like that. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, also, I, I, in my notes wrote, I, I just remember uh, realized his angle shirt. Yeah, his 90 degree angle shirt. Yeah. Which is just, good shirt. <laughs> it's a good shirt. I always thought it was supposed to be like the home plate of a baseball diamond. Yeah, but I don't I, know I why think, the 90 degree part then. Well, it's supposed to be like a right angle. Right, no, yeah, I get that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he goes to talk to her, and this is kind of their big conversation where they are ostensibly talking to each other, but not talking about the same thing. Yeah. Where he clearly, he's been trying to work up the nerve to tell her that his brother has a girlfriend. Yeah, like, it it is saying, like, he hasn't talked to you since he left. Yeah. And she, like, takes a bite out of some of the stale bread she's gotten, just says, it's hard. Talking about you know, his brother, but he's like, oh, yeah, no, it's old bread. Yeah. Uh, and then she kind of gives this weird kind of stream of consciousness speech that doesn't really make any sense. Where she's just like, ah, oh, watermelon, or a panda with a mean face, or sandals with pressure points on them. Anyway, I like your brother more than I like stale bread. Yeah, like, I, I think she's listing off things that she likes more than her his brother. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, a lot of those are, like, things that, like, are, like, I think she mentions, like, oh, like, a, a summer a Sunday when then you wake up and it's raining. Like, that kind of thing, where it's, yeah. like, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. And uh, they kind of cuddle on the bridge, and now to finally works up the nerve to say, like, hey, he has a... But you don't actually hear him say girlfriend, it cuts to... Haruko snooping through his room and finding the letter that has a picture and, like, of his girlfriend. It is like she has torn apart this room. But she's <laughs> like, "Oh, I can't." There's some also really good animation with her of like, "I can't," you know, like, right? I've, uh, I've got to respect his brother's privacy. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you're right. Animation wise, it's it's not as like flashy as some stuff, but it's from a really weird angle, and she's twirling around in a way that like. Figuring out the right way, like, foreshorten her body is probably very difficult. And it also, like, it just is very comedic just in terms of, like... Yeah. It makes, like, what she's saying even funnier. Right. And just, like, like, that's all funny, and then... But also, like, just the filmmaking aspect of it where he, like, gets cut off mid-sentence by the cut to her. You see the photo of the girlfriend, but only, like, half of it. Like, you don't see the brother's face, and, like, you just right. see that she is, like, very traditionally American. Right, and then uh, it immediately cuts back to Mamimi, like, about to cry, and then it cuts back to Haruko. The subtitle, sit, the text on the postcard says, I got me a blonde gal. <laughs> Which, I think that's basically the only piece of dialogue Tosku gets in the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> really paints a picture. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh man, I gotta send a letter back to my little bro Let yeah. him know about this hot chick I'm banging <laughs> Yeah uh, And so, like, she um, Mamimi, like, starts, like Holding onto her head And, like, in, obviously in pain And she's like, I'm gonna blow Yeah, yeah And I'm gonna overflow, specifically <laughs> Right And she just, like, collapses to the ground, faints And all of a sudden, Nauta's head starts, like, pulsing violently Yes. And the the soundtrack is just a bunch of weedly guitars, like, wheelie, 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 wheelie. Yeah, and the uh, medical mechanica building starts, like, lighting up. Yeah, and, like, a, like, alarm is playing. Uh, and so, yes, a, his giant thing that he was hiding has gotten bigger. Right, and all of a sudden, like, like, bursts out of the bandage, it's huge. And he's, like, stroking it a bit. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Because, yeah, it's not subtle. Which, Uh, although, yeah, it's not subtle, but also, if the metaphor is that it's his dick, why is he getting horny over Mimimi collapsing? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) It's just the idea that, like, well, now she uh, can't date my brother. Yeah. Ah, I'm all she's got. Uh, the, but the, the giant, uh... Dick bump turns into a hand of a robot. Yeah, like a whole a bunch of other bumps come out and it forms into fingers, and then yeah, a whole robot like emerges out of his head with another robot that it is fighting. Yeah, like it starts to climb out, and then like a robot hand grabs it, and it rips the robot hand out, and it's just like it, there's wires hanging off it. Where like you can tell this is not the whole robot. Yeah, like the the first robot that came out uh, is obviously like complete. And Nauta isn't being attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, just through sheer coincidence. Right, like, his clothes get snagged in, like, some seams of it or something, so he's getting dragged around while they're fighting. Yeah, like... 
even like to, to talk about this in terms of Evangelion, like where like being anywhere near the robot cost Shinji paid. Like right. even when like he is being like thrown around and like hit, like while like near or in this robot, it's just like he does not care. Yeah, it's an annoyance. Right, right. Yeah, it's all it's much more cartoon logic. Where yeah, yes. he's he's not gonna like get seriously injured by getting tossed around during all of this. No, um, but uh, the robot just fucking plunges its hand deep into this robot and pulls, like, out all of its shit. Yeah, it has, like, a robot eye in the palm of the hand, and it just, like, yeah. stabs its hand in and rips the eye out. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, Harahara pulls up, and she revs up her guitar and just conks this, the robot that he's attached to in the head. And the robot turns from red to blue. Yeah, and Naoto says, uh, wow, and then yeah. the narration kicks in and me like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. But like in that moment when she was swinging that guitar, she reminded me of my brother. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it just kind of, the robot collapses. Uh, Naruto is still stuck to it. Haruko is looking around like she's expecting something to be here that isn't. Yeah. And Mamibi is asleep. Yeah, yeah. And then it just cuts to, like, the next day. Yeah. Uh, and, like, at the beginning of the episode, or near the middle, actually, like, the store had been closed due to, like, management problems, but now they're open because oh, yeah. uh, they've got a robot helper now. Right. There's, like, a scene of Haruko teaching him how to knead dough using the techniques that the grandpa taught her. Yeah. And he's getting embarrassed because her instructions are, knead it like you would knead boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and so they uh, Naruto shows back up at the bridge Which like has some damage from Yeah uh, Last night Like maintaining and, that thing from Eva Where it's like yeah no the fo- like Stuff doesn't just reset randomly Yeah uh, And Mamibi hands him a sour drink And he tries to chug it Yeah like the narration just says like I don't like sour stuff I told you And then it just like he throws it back And it cuts as soon as like he starts drinking it Yeah I like it. And then we get the OP, which is amazing. Oh, yeah, it's very good. Right on Shooting Star. Like, probably one of the best anime OPs ever. Yeah. EDs. EDs, yeah. Yeah. This doesn't really have an OP. No, it doesn't. It always just cold opens. But, like, the OP, or the ED is, like, uh, opens up with a lot of shots of Harahar, like, uh, driving off on her Vespa, like, doing, like, land tricks on it. Right, she's doing a bunch of cool stunts. It's, like, intercut with really quick shots of her in a bunch of, like, costumes that are, like, sexy. And, like, her licking, like, the neck of the guitar. Right, and then eventually, like, she crashes the Vespa. She can't get it to start. She gets mad and, like, beats on it and storms off. Well, and also then, you get the live-action stuff. Well, yeah, so I was gonna yeah. say, she like, beats on it and storms off, and then the Vespa gets up and drives out of frame, and it cuts to live-action stop-motion Vespa adventures. Yes. Yeah. Where it goes and finds Haruka's voice actress and hangs out with her. Yeah. Which is so weird. It is. I like it, though. I, I was... Molly uh, was saying that she thinks that anyone who our age who wants a Vespa only wants it for this series. 1,000%. Yeah. Ugh. 
Uh, so yeah, that's yeah, the first that's episode. That's the first episode. We're at an hour and a half. God damn it. <laughs> we can't be short. <laughs> should we should we just stop and just acknowledge we need to do an episode per episode? I the thing is I don't know if there's like even in this thing if there's episodes I have like more to speak about. Alright. We can keep plowing ahead. Yeah, I think I think that's fine. <laughs> Alright. Fuck it. I got nowhere to be. I'm just wait I'm just kicking rocks waiting for Mario Maker to unlock in a few hours. Yeah. Um so the second episode, Firestarter. This cold open. Of the great three great cold open. Oh the great the cold open's great. I was gonna say, of the three episodes we watched, this was my favorite. Yes. We'll see how because I remember the last three episodes of it being really good. I like I appreciate this episode a lot more than I did as a kid. This might end up being my favorite episode of the series. Yeah. It's it's really good. I remember liking uh, Full Swing, which is the fourth episode a lot. Yeah, episode four is really good. Five is like a really crazy action sequence. And then six is just great. Yeah, but this is like it hasn't gotten to like the level of crazy that it's been as is going to. Yeah. And so this is still like kind of a relatively human story with craziness in it. I was going to say like as a like a character drama, this one felt the strongest. Yes. Uh, more so than three, which we'll get to. I, I think three is really good too, but yeah, I think this one beats it out. Uh, but yeah, it opens up with like Mamimi narrating about how she saw a god the other day. Just the opening line is, I met God the other day, which is yeah. such a good opening line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she like adds, like, oh, it's a god that only I can see. Yeah. And you're getting this over footage of just like a huge fire near the river they always hang out. Yeah. And then also clips from this, like, handheld video game. Yeah, it's like a Tiger Electronics level of graphics. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, she's just playing this game outside of Nauta's school. Uh, where they'll explain the rules of the game later, but you can see that it's all about, like, burning buildings down. Yes. Uh, and, and so, uh, yeah. like, all, they start talking and all of his friends start, like, looking on and they're like, oh yeah, that's his wife. <laughs> Right. And she's kind of all over him because he's wearing a headband thing because he's needing to hide something else in his head. Yeah. And, uh, in particular, um, Nina Mori, uh, his female friend, seems, like, very, like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Uh, and then it cuts to Nauta. I guess we don't really know where he is at the beginning. It's going to turn out to just be his bedroom, but it's all the lights are off, and there's, like, really stark... It, it looks like a... Uh... Like a... Bleh. It looks like a hospital, but it is actually just... Yeah, it looks a lot like the hospital he went to in the last episode. And Harahara is... Like, has the same nurse outfit. Right, and she kind of yells at him, like, you really need to give that back. Everyone's starting to think you're actually a nurse. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she's talking about she's taking a bunch of x-rays of his head with the help of Conti, the robot they've got, who I guess doesn't have a name yet, but yeah. he will soon. Uh, and it turns out that Nauta's head is completely empty. There's like a black void where his brain ought to be. Yeah. Which, you know, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got two horns now, one growing out of the front of his head and a huge one growing out of the back of his head. Yes, which is why he has the thing where it's like, that's something to cover all of him. Right. 
and then you get like this long sequence where like the whole thing is shot in the reflection of Conti's face because it's like a monitor. Yeah. And they're just talking about how uh, like Conti is from Medical Mechanica, the Iron Building, and yeah. uh, boy, it's sure weird that it came out of your head. Like, what's your connection to Medical Mechanica, huh? <laughs> Uh, and she's talking uh, there's about there's a lot yeah. of very good jokes here um where like she's like hey it's not my fault that you lost your brain you should right. be careful with your shit yeah. and then like she starts talking to the camera and she's like ha 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 like age 19 and now it just goes you're older than that <laughs> right and there's like a sequence where like there's like a strobe lighting effect while she strips naked and changes into a different costume like where she is like this Rockstar angel right. alien. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's where the that's where Conti's like angel costume comes from because he's yeah. joining in in this where he's like giving her jazz hands while she's like he's striking up pose. Yeah, Conti's great. Yeah, like, Conti really just likes good. to be involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now Conti's also wearing like a fake halo and little black wings. Um... And yeah, they kind of, like, Nauta's trying to get some straight answers out of her about what's happening, and she's just not giving him any. Well, she's, and also she's saying, like, oh, I'm an alien, and he's like, no, but really. <laughs> right, she's saying that she's, he, I think her line is that she's a first-class space patrol officer. Uh, which, I think that's true, right? Yeah, that's true. She's like a crooked cop or something. Yeah, she's a crooked cop who fell in love with uh, a space pirate. Yes. Or didn't. We'll get into it next time. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so she's just not giving him any straight answers, and all of a sudden he goes outside, and his dad is having Conti help carry in groceries. And, like, he's yelling, like, don't let the fucking robot out! I do... Listen, his dad sucks. I like his actor a lot. Yeah. Like, his lines here, he's like, Aren't we being a little bit selfish with the robot? It's good. <laughs> no, he's like, does, he's a really good voice actor for this role. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, he's got a very, like, almost like lyrical, musical quality to it. Right. And then, uh, like, Nata keeps trying to explain that they're gonna get in trouble if someone sees the robot, and his dad just falls into this long, droning monologue about how, no, 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 you need to consider the social implications about what it means for a robot to live as part of a human family. Yeah. You consider the societal context of all this, and you're seeing, like, people walking by and then, like, disappearing to, like, convey the, like, elapsing of time where he's just ranting about this for, it seems yeah. like it must be at least an hour. Yes. And, uh, like, Haruko's up with, uh, Naruto, and he's like, what is he talking about? And I was like, don't worry about it. He wrote, like, a whole fucking book about Evangelion. Which <laughs> is like, yeah, like again, like this is the Evangelion fan. This is right, but like she is trying to spy on Medical Mechanica. Yeah, she's just got binoculars where she's looking at the Medical Mechanica building. Uh, Nauta kind of goes to see Mamimi, who lost her flip flops in the river, and he found them somewhere and like brought them back to her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she has picked up a kitten that she is also named Takoon. Uh, yeah, and... There's nothing she, weird about that. Yeah, he's like, wait, we're, he's also Takoon? She's like, yeah, he's adorable, isn't he? I love yeah. this little pet cat that I can just 
pet and use like a comfort animal without it giving me any back talk. And he's just like, oh, I'm gonna uh, go. Yeah, okay, okay then. <laughs> I'm learning some things about our relationship that I, I'm gonna go. I'll see ya. Uh, and also, uh, like, the bridge is like rainy and like much more like kind of dour looking than it was before. Yeah, I do really like um, every time he's like alone with Mimi and they're talking, there will be like random insert shots that are only like a couple frames long of just a zoom in of her lips. And then, yeah. he, and then he, like, cuts to now to, like, blushing. Yeah. It's good. Uh, then we see... Oh, boy. Har-Har is <laughs> driving to Medical Mechanica. Right. And we just get, like, a shot of her ass. Yeah, it's like a fisheye lens zoomed in on her ass that she's wiggling for the camera. Which is so weird because the rest of this is so comedic that, like, I can't tell if it's supposed to be horny or... I think it can be both. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's, it's definitely yeah. playing for laughs, but also it's supposed to be horny. You know what? At least she's of age. Yeah. Uh, and Unlike then all the other characters that are horny for in this show. Yeah, and then the next scene is especially horny. Yeah, so she slams the Vespa into the wall of Medical Mechanica, and she is like... There's two security guards that have kind of grabbed her and are looking at her bike... And she's just kind of squatting down, wearing a skirt, and, and one of them just keeps, like, leering up her skirt. It is like, there's a lot of depraved people out here, miss. Yeah. Because I think the other one is also talking about, like, how there's been a string of arsons around here, and it's really suspicious that you would just crash into our building randomly like that. Uh, and then Nauta shows up and hits the, like, Pervo one over the head with a Gumpla kit. Yeah. Because why not? Fuck it. And then she takes the gold bucket and then uses that to fix her Vespa. Yeah. She, like, screws the head of the Gundam onto, like, a screw and then it gets, like, sucked into the machine. And also, he, uh, now just says that he has custody over Haraharaka. Right, that he's her legal guardian. I remember this Gundam scene being one that, like, people really were trying to overanalyze. Like, oh, yeah. what does it mean that her power, like... No, guys, it's just a weird joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it, because this show isn't complete, just non-sequiturs non-stop, but it does yeah. do some of them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but she also points out that there's no entrance to the building. Yeah, there's no doors to this factory that people yes. work in. How did these security guards get inside? Who can say? Don't worry about it. Nothing amazing ever happens here, Ashley. <laughs> no. Uh, and so they, Haruka is like, okay, we can uh, go now. Let's go on a drive. Uh, then we yeah. cut to Mimi, who is under the bridge, and downtown. she, what? She's under the bridge downtown. Yes, I, I, is that a reference? Yeah, it's it's under the bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I don't either, but I know basic like pop culture references. Okay, a played rock about- band, Ashley. I did, but I don't really... I, I missed a lot of those songs. Like, the ones I didn't want to play. <laughs> if you talk about Dana California, that one I would know. Well, that one isn't about being under a bridge, so... Okay. Uh, but anyway, she sees uh, the robot, and it's... You could tell that this is, like, the god that she thought it... That she saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the music is 
fantastic in this scene. She's just yeah. watching, like... So, you get, like, a running plot in these two episodes where Conti is, like, out near where that fight happened in episode one, trying to collect the pieces of his head from when Haruko smashed it to put it back together. Yeah. And, like, he's out here trying to find them, and then he climbs up on this old, burned-out schoolhouse... And, like, jumps up in the air and, like, turns his jets on and starts flying. And, like, the music, like, kicks in really loud at that point as, like, sunbeams come down on him. And it's, oh, it rules. And then it's just a really gratuitous panty shot of Mamimi that I wish wasn't there. Yeah. Not necessary. Doesn't ruin the moment, but it doesn't help the moment. No. I just, why? Why? I mean, I know why. But, ugh. Ugh. But, like, she's like, oh, you saved me. Yeah. Because uh, he's also still wearing the angel costume from earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to, like, Haruko and Nauta, like, going for a drive near the ocean. And, and he, like, falls off the the bike at one point. Right, he's whining that he doesn't like scary stuff and she needs to stop scaring him. And then she goes, what are you talking about? I'm a very safe driver. And then, like, drifts back and forth across the street. And he ends up, like, in front of her and yeah. does end up going into her crotch at one point. Yeah, that that does happen. Uh, I do like when she says, like, that's ah, really funny that you're scared even though your brain's missing. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to this really weirdly animated scene. Uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like they... And, like, they're reintroducing all the characters. Like, oh, here's some, you know, some maybe... Some yeah, uh, Sajima, Samajimi Mamimi. Yeah, it's even I didn't say it right. It's hard to say Samajimi Mamimi. Samajimi Mamimi. There we go. But like, it's definitely like oh, we gave this to a different animator. Yeah, I don't know if this is supposed to be, uh, like a reference to some like maybe old piece of animation or something. I don't know. Uh, but, like, it, yeah, like, you're, we were talking about this earlier, like, it almost looks like rotoscope, but not exactly, because it's, right. like, the proportions aren't right. Yeah, it's, it's, they move like they're rotoscope, but, like, they're, the outlines are very sketchy and scribbly. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, have you ever seen a Ping Pong the Animation? No. It reminds me of that. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, so they are hanging out, like, near the threshold of the house. Mamimi is, like, sitting on the stoop outside because she's not allowed inside because Nauta's grandpa hates her. Yeah. <sighs> and meanwhile, the two cats are playing with each other. Yeah, which is very cute. Yeah. And they're talking about how they sent uh, Conti out to 7-Eleven to get some drinks. What only Mamimi calls him Conti at this point. Right, because that's the name of the god from her video game. Yep, Lord of the Black Flame. Right. Uh, so yeah, on the form I was on, I did put my location or like nickname as Lord of the Black Flame. <laughs> Nerd. Yeah, yeah. And then someone asked me if I was a goth. <laughs> I was like, no. God. Um. But yeah, so Conti shows up, and it's really funny, because Nauta keeps talking about how they need to not 
like, make it obvious that they have a robot. People will ask questions. And then he just puts on a whole light show as he's landing yeah. with, like, jet engines. And as soon as he, uh, like, shows up, all the animation goes back to normal. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, Haruha's like, oh, you're late. And he'll, like, read out, shows up Akati's face of, oh, the stupid clerk at the store was slow. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets mad because he didn't get the drinks with the pulp. Yeah. And then, uh... <laughs> and then he like knocks on the door for his grandpa who shows up and like is shitty towards Mamimi. Yeah, they just kind of then... glare at each other and then he looks at what Conti brought him and he didn't get the right porn. Yeah, it, it wasn't the one with Pamela Anderson. Oh, or not Pamela Anderson. Uh, Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. Which, woof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I think it just cuts to the next day when Nato's with his friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where they're and like, like... And they're yeah. like... She, uh, maybe is like talking like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he's a god, you need to be more respectful. Right. Um, and everyone's just like, yeah, don't worry about her, she's just obsessed with some dumb video game. Yeah, like, I, I like that, like, this is one of the few times, like, where... Well, his whole thing is that he's trying to be more of an adult. Right. But this is seems more natural. It's like, oh, yeah, she's just obsessed with some video game. Don't worry about it. Right. Uh, and, yeah, Conti is still, like, trying to find pieces of his head when Nauta and all of his friends show up to a beach house that got burned, where it's, yeah. it's one of the arson cases that have been happening around town. And, like, his friends are, like, gossiping about how, like, oh, it's probably, like, aliens or, like, foreign invaders or something, and... Nina Mori's like, no, what? No, that's stupid. They wouldn't burn down a shitty old boathouse. Yeah. And, and then they bring up the school, like, oh, yeah, that happened when we were kids. Right. Yeah, there was, like, a whole elementary school that burned down around here. Yeah. And while they're talking about that, now to sees Mamimi down, like, in the river, like, wringing out her skirt. Yeah, uh, because also uh, her... Like, shoe was falling, like, has, was, like, floating downstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, her bag is in the water. She's wringing out her clothes. Uh, one of his friends mentions that, like, they saw some other girls bullying her the other day. Like, someone or, like, a group of people just threw her in the river. Yeah. And she just kind of, like, stands up and makes eye contact with Nauta, and her eyes are just, like, dead. Yeah, it's real fucking bummer. It's really sad in a way that I don't think I totally wrapped my head around as a kid. Uh, and, like, it just... Like, that Naoto, like, doesn't have... Like, feels like he has problems and is, like, not well-liked. But, like, she actually has, like, problems that really, like, actually are more realistic and hit harder. Right, and she's... Prop like they don't say it, but she's probably still reeling from finding out that she got dumped. Yeah, and that the person who dumped her didn't even feel like he needed to talk to her about it. Yeah, so he kind of like goes to like walk with her uh, until it's dark. Uh, they're not talking at all. He's like not even really walking with her. He's behind her like fifteen feet. Yeah, and they're both just kind of like sullenly walking, and she takes the video game she's been playing, like, takes it out of her pocket and just drops it on the street and walks off. Yeah. And we get this very Eva-type sequence 
it, it is no surprise that I love this sequence. It's very good. And this, like, this sequence really made me realize that, like, modern Gynax stuff, or, like, even, like, Trigger stuff, where, like, a lot of those people used to work at Gynax, still has really, like, high-quality animation. I feel yeah. like they've gotten away from this kind of thing, though, where they do, like, weird stuff with, like, make, like, not weird, like, just, like, non-traditional filmmaking techniques, you know? Yeah. Like, there is just a, like, this really good, like, drum breakdown playing, yeah. and you're, like, hearing all of these bits of, like, uh... There's, like, three or four layers of, like, audio going on, where it's, like, uh, Nauta is narrating the plot of the video game, which is all about how, like, you're a servant of Conti who has to help burn down this, like, devil city, but if you burn down too much of it, then no one will have anywhere to live, so you have to, like, balance it. Yeah, and, like, the city has grown too huge. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, another layer is just random snippets of dialogue from throughout this episode talking about, like, Arson and Mamimi. And then, like, another layer of it that it's kind of hard to hear is, like, it sounds like Nauta being interrogated about an arson case. Yeah. And I don't know if... I, it, he sounds the same as he does now, so it's probably supposed to be the one from the end of the episode. Yeah. Where, yeah, he's just being, like, interrogated by a cop about it. And it's it's just cool. And, like, the visuals are also just, like, three or four things layered on top of each other. Where it's, like, a lot of, like, title cards and then, like, flashes of flashback stuff and, like, just fire. It's cool. Uh, and also, like, so, but what, what we, we are supposed to get from this is that uh, Mimini is the one setting fires. Right, yeah. She, it in kind of a you know, video game violence thing. She has gotten so obsessed with that video game that she has started setting fires in real life. Well, and I think it is implied that she was setting fires way before the video game. Yeah, I'm, I was kind of, that's always how I've taken it, taken it in the past. I wasn't sure if the idea was supposed to be that she also is the one who burned the elementary school down, or if that was just like, she was in that fire and it was like a formative experience for her. I, I could see both, like, her line of I always hated that school. Yeah, that's true. And, like, running into... Uh, like, running into Naoto's brother because of that. Right, you're right. No, she definitely burned it down. Because it makes sense that it's like, as a young kid, she had some kind of emotional, like, um... Uh, out. What's the word I'm looking for? Outbreak, out, like out, outburst. Outburst. Thank you, God. As <laughs> I got an emotional outburst and like started a fire in that school, almost died in that fire, and then Tosku saved her, and she probably kind of got way more stable after that because she was kind of leaning on him, and then as <laughs> soon as he dumps her, she just starts setting fires again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and also, from what little we see of it, like, of the original fire, Tosco looks much older than, like, yeah. o- like, obviously he was older, but, like, he looks like how Mamimi looks to, with, to Nauta now. Yeah, that, that age gap is clearly the same. Which, again, like, plays into the fact that, like, I, maybe he wasn't actually, he, like, either he's, like, a real big piece of shit, which seems to be the case for a lot of it. It, it could very well be that he's a piece of shit. Or it could just be that 
she read way too much into this. Right, and that it just was never a romantic relationship. Uh, so anyway, we cut to her, and she's, like, doing a, like, burn, like, a, like, almost like a, like a ritual, where she has, like, a bunch of cigarettes, all, like, one of which has Never Knows Best written on it. Right, yeah, she's got, like, a summoning circle of cigarettes. And she is, has, uh, tied to her head two of those, like, fire, like, like grill starters. Grill starters. Yeah. And like uh, fire antenna. And then she yeah. just has a pillow CD on a boombox. Yeah. Uh, which, like, that is something that I've seen, like, in, like, Japanese rituals, where they will have, like, the fire, like, two candles, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, on the side of their heads. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, and she is just chanting, uh, Furikuri to herself over and over again. Yeah. And Naoto shows up and she's like... She, it, it, they kind of talk about the fire and are implying that she said it, but they never come out and say it. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, Conti is still there. Picking up more bits of himself that have, like, gone downstream. Right. And, like, Mimimi... Says, like, yeah, I always hated this place, and I wanted it to be gone, but look, look, like, I burned it down, and it's still here. Yeah. Uh, and she, like, floats over to Conti, and this is one of those weird points where, like, the animation, like, this show gets very cartoony at times, but this is one where, like, the realistic, like, logic of the world breaks in what is supposed to be a serious scene, in a way that I think... Confuses people that try to take it really literally. Yeah. Because she literally, like, flies to Conti. And, and, like, tries to kiss him. Right. As, like, part of her, like, worship of him. Yeah. And he starts, and uh, now says his whole brain situation starts going off. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah, a robot comes out of his head, and it quickly becomes clear it's the rest of the robot from the first episode. Yes. Like, it's missing an arm. And uh, just such a cool touch. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But also, I always love, like, when the robot is, like, half out. Yeah, when it's, like, coming out of his head and it's all, like, weird and distorted, that's always good. And, like, he's, like, hanging off of it. Yeah. But he just immediately gets, like, thrown aside. Right. Yeah, and this whole fight scene is super cool. Yeah. It's just very, you know fluid animation while they're all fighting this robot. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the wings and Halo come off Conti and he, like, there's a shot of Mimi where she's like, oh, I guess he's not. Right. Uh, yeah. There's a very weird moment, like, very cartoony moment where uh, Harhara dodges a... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know you're gonna... Yeah. And, like... She dodges out of the way, but her eyes stay there. Yeah, her eyeballs are there, still attached by the, you know, thing. I paused it at just, like, the right time, and it's yeah. so weird looking. Right, and then, like, her eyes see that they haven't dodged and, like, jump out of the way separately. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. And, yeah, she's just, like, fighting this thing with her guitar. It's, like, its hand is on, like, a really long cable, and it can kind of whip its hand around. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it keeps, like, its hand is almost moving independently from its body, and it's, like, flicking the ground really hard to, like, launch itself. Yeah. And it's kind of beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah, it kind of is the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're losing this fight. Nauta, like, barely manages to, like, grab Mamimi, ah, Mamimi and, like, throw her out of the way of, like, the hand crashing on the ground. Yeah. And then Conti grabs him, and a giant fleshy mouth opens up from his chest, and he eats Nauta. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, yeah. <laughs> And it's never really explained, and then you... No. It goes into, like, kind of an internal thing. Yeah. And it's all, like, hypno-wheels uh, everywhere. It's like a light bulb is being screwed into the back of Nauta's head. Yeah, which, like, if I wanted to, again, put, like, the Ava thing here. Yeah, there's definitely some Ava, like, evocative imagery here. Yeah. And Mobibi is now like, oh, you're not Conti, you're evil you ate takud right uh but then he starts glowing red like he did when he first showed up and uh har har has like a uh, little like bracelet that's part of like a that looks like it's part of a handcuffs like start, yeah, yeah, like yeah. gravitating towards him yeah like every time something cool happens on this show, like, the Haruko's like, yeah, bracelet starts, like, jingle jangling. Yeah. Uh, and Conti transforms into a cannon with, like, it almost looks like Nauta's brains, like, come out the back of it. You just see, like, these yeah. huge cubes that look like brain folds. Yeah. Uh, and his whole body turns into, like, the barrel of a cannon, and he shoots the robot and just immediately just blows a hole in it. Yeah. And, like, makes the entire, like, burned-out school explode. Because, yeah, he shoots through his, the robot's arm. Yeah. Which is a cool thing. And then the bullet returns to Conti. Right, it, like, goes, like, boomerangs around and goes back down the barrel of the gun. For reasons that we'll talk about next time, I guess. It's not really a spoiler. I don't know why I'm treating it like it is. Well, and also, you can see a bit of it okay, right you? now. Okay, that's cool. Well, Conti poops out now. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, after the fight's over, Conti suddenly needs to poop, and Nauto gets shit out of him, and, like, his body forms, like, a classic poop swirl shape. Yeah. And he stinks really bad and is covered in some kind of brown stuff. Just for a bit, though. Just for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I do, like, he gets up and starts, like, monologuing about how oh, look, the ashes have all been blown away. And, like, trying to get at the, the metaphorical significance of the scene. And Mamimi Mami is just like, God, why do you smell so bad? Yeah, you fucking stink. <laughs> and there's, like, a bunch of uh, sirens coming, but he can't hear that. Yeah, like, Haruko is wanting to run away, and now it's just kind of staring at Mamimi, and he decides that he's going to stay here with her. Yeah. Forever. Alright. Uh, do you want to still... Do you want to go a season of third episode? Fine, we, listen, let's do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got one to go. <laughs> uh, episode three. Uh, Marquis de Cabarras. Yeah. This is a good one, too. I, I didn't like it as much as the second one. I didn't like it as much as the second one. I did still... 
like in my memory, it was very much okay. The first episode's great. Two and three are eh, fine, and then like the story picks up in four, and that's when it gets really good. I well, so appreciated two and three way more this time. Yeah, I think I appreciated two a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I still kind of felt not like lukewarm because I think all of these episodes are pretty good. Yeah, just like around the same. I felt with three. That's fair. I, I think I didn't like this episode as a kid, because I'm like, eh, I mean, Nina Mori's not even in the rest of the show, really. Why do I care? Who cares? Whereas now, I'm like, no, it's good. Yeah. Uh, so it opens up with uh, Mamimi... Or not Mamimi. Nina Mori. Nina Mori. Yeah. Where she is being... Like, you immediately get that, like, oh, she's rich. Right, she's in the backseat of a car being driven by this woman who is... Yeah, talking about, like, how the mayor was worried about her, and she's like, no, listen, whatever, my parents are, if they want to have a divorce, that's their problem. And, like, and is is aggressively fine with it in a way that, like, you'll eventually see she's super not fine with it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we kind of, over the course of this conversation, pick up that, like, this is her dad's secretary, and they've had an affair, and her mom found out about it. Uh-huh. And she is like, uh, like, oh, you're a very smart secretary because you, you stayed over last night, but you wore different clothes, so no one would, like, realize. Right. And, yeah, that secretary's just kind of impressed with how observant she is and points out, like, oh, you've got to change your clothes, too. Why? And then Nina Mori just says, like, oh, they're for the school play. I get the lead role. And, and... and- the secretary was, like, saying, like, oh, you're so adult, and then, like, right. she immediately becomes very kid-like, when she's like, I got the lead part! She's so excited about getting to be in this play. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you get the title card, and it cuts to Nauta, who is now wearing a beanie. Yeah, uh, well, he's wearing a beanie and then also a bucket hat, yeah, which he, everyone like, hates. Yeah, he changes from the beanie into, like, a, yeah, a bucket hat. In a way, they're like, just wear the beanie. You look way better with that on, kid. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Harahara is trying to fix her Vespa. Right, yeah, she's like working some, on it in, like, the yard. And it's, like, very loud, and Naharda is just like, bottom feeder, like, horrible person. Right. And then, like, trying to get her attention, then just quietly says, alien. <laughs> Right, and then immediately and, she's like, oh, yep, yeah, hey, what you yeah, want? Hey. <laughs> and she is, like, also picking her ears with her feet. Yeah, which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, and she, like, the Vespa is, like, just pouring out smoke in a way that no car should. No. And also, uh, his dad has been making a zine. Yes. Like, and their it, house is just full of cardboard boxes full of copies of this zine that he's had printed. And apparently it's, like, one of the, like, second or third volume. And he's like, yeah, no one buys that. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so Naota is just like, alright, I'm gonna leave. Bye. And uh, Haruko grabs him and, like, picks him up in a hug and we can't see it because the, the camera like pans down, but she takes the hat off and starts stroking whatever's coming out of his head, and he just melts and like Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of like framing of Uh-huh. Like and go, going like, oh yeah, keep your hands off of it and Yeah, uh-huh. And it's like his legs are just twitching constantly. 
And the one he hates now is spicy stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. Because they're going to have curry tonight. He's like, no, I don't like spicy food. Like, no, no, that's why we're going to get you baby curry for little baby kids. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So then uh, they get, uh, he goes to school and... I love this lecture they're getting from the teacher. Well, before that, uh, Nina Mori is wearing a USSR shirt. Oh, yeah. Which I think is important. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but, like, she's going like, hey, you're the male lead. I'm the female lead. You need to be at, uh, like, you need to be at rehearsal later, like, you know, today. Right. And he's like, yeah, n- no, I'm not gonna. He's like, I'm just playing a cat. Anyone can do that. Right. Uh, and then... And then, yeah, we get there, like, they're in class, and their and, teacher... Is... Also, she's like, also, that hat sucks. Oh, yeah. No one likes his hat. But no, his teacher's giving them a lecture about cats, and it's just nonsense, where she just yeah. starts talking about, like, Tom and Jerry. She's like, well, yeah, today we're going to learn all about cats. Anyway, cats have lived with humans for thousands of years. They really like it when you scratch their ears. Tom and Jerry and Doraemon are some famous cats. Yeah, like, it is such a weird way to go. This teacher is great. Oh, yeah, the teacher is wonderful. Like, the chalkboard just covered in, like, cute cat drawings. Yeah, including one of, uh, my baby's cat. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Now that it gets hinted, what we find out later is the zine of his dad's. Right. Which and has information on uh, uh, Nina, uh, Nina Mori's parents. Yeah, it's it's like a gossip rag. And yeah, his, his friends show it to him. I think uh, they're into it because they, I think they imply there's some like UFO stories and stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, there's also a very like funny bit of animation because they're saying like oh yeah we got this at this like convenience store that still sells crystal pepsi right and which is like i'm sure that was a like translation they had to make and it's a great one yeah on the the wikipedia page that's one of the examples they use of how hard it was to localize because it's like cheerio soda or something in japan that just kind of it's discontinued soda but yeah crystal yeah. pepsi works as a stand-in for but like he start like his friend starts talking about Van Halen, but his like he's like leaning over his like desk in a way that he is like putting his foot into like the guy in front of him's head, yeah. back of his. And there's like a really good goofy animation of him like being like Bleh. Right. And then the teacher's like yelling through a megaphone. Right, yeah. And yeah. she's like freaking out reading it. Yeah, like Nessa tries to hide it from her, but she's grabs it and is just having a meltdown over it. She's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, she starts yelling at them because it's very insensitive to have uh, a gross gossip tabloid about their classmates' parents. Yeah. Which, fair. Yeah, but like, it, it is... It kind of makes Nita Mori realize that, like, oh, yeah. Right, this is like a thing that, like, goes beyond even just, like, my household... Yeah, like, this isn't just, like, oh, my parents are getting a divorce, which, sure. Yeah, it's, my parents are getting a divorce, and the entire town is talking about it. Yeah. Uh, town is like, oh, man, like, you know, we don't get to choose who our parents are, and... 
Right. It seems like uh, Nina Mori had, was having a real tough time with her parents. I mean, uh, I still skipped. Right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> still like, oh, going to the asshole. play rehearsal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so instead he ditches school to take selfies with uh, Mamimi, who is dressed up like a cat. Yeah, which and I like the scene because it's, it's not animated. It's just bits of all of her photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, like, a great way to, like... I'm sure it didn't save that much money, actually, but... Sure. It, like, is cost-effective, but also, like, a cool way to do it. Right. They do squeeze another panty shot in here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she ends up taking off now his hat and seeing that he, we finally see he's got big old cat ears. Yep. And, uh, Mamimi just kind of thinks it's cute and funny. Because, you and, know, it is. Yeah, and he's super embarrassed by them. Yeah. And, uh, th- yeah, then we cut to Nauta's dad, who is just, like, at the convenience store with the Crystal Pepsi with, like, a huge stack of the zines. Like, hey, yeah, if you keep buying these, you can probably sell out all that old Crystal Pepsi you got around here. <laughs> Man, if only a few years, like a decade later, that people buy that, they drink it online, they get right. sick. <laughs> I love this old lady's dog. Yeah, it's, like, way cartoony and, like, just, like, constantly panting. Yeah. And he's like, how about a hundred? How about eighty? Right. Like, as far... We only know for sure that he's sold one copy of this so far. Yeah. And he's trying to get her to buy a hundred copies. Uh, but he offers one to uh, Nina Mori. Right. I don't think realizing that it's about her parents. Yeah. But he's, Uh, like, he's, like, so high and mighty, like, oh, like, you know, investigative journalism is the, like, like the keystone of, you know, a good neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, And then it just cuts to uh, Mamimi and now to hanging out at the river where she is just petting his ears and talking about how cute he is as a cat boy. Yeah, uh, the the cat that she has is jumping around and at one point jumps off one end of the screen and appears on the opposite side. Yeah, Taku and the kitten is very cute. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks cute, but also, like, ratty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then yeah, we get, she... like, kind of the payoff of Conti's arc and, like, Conti's, like, storyline in the last episode where he is right. gluing this together. Right, he's gluing together the back of his head and it's not really working. Yeah, uh, but Haruko sees it and just makes him a cardboard box to put on the back of his head. Yeah, and he's like checking himself out in a mirror when she leaves. Yeah, it's Conti's good. Conti's so good. Uh, we get back to Anita Morris' house where I like the way it introduces it, where it's just a bunch of microphones pointed at the nameplate. <laughs> no, you're right. I didn't realize how silly that image was until you pointed it out. Well, it also works as just, like, it's microphones framing the name of this family. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the secretary shows up trying in the sewer in, like, scuba gear. Right. And, uh, yeah, she's trying to, like, sneak out through the manhole, but they all, like, surround her immediately. So she dives back in and then just appears behind Nina Mori, who's, like, watching from, like, a block away. And she's like, oh, I like your boots, and then runs yeah. off, and then all of the, uh, 
reporters are now arguing, including a live action photo of someone. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also like a photo of like a statue in there or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a cartoon dust cloud with a bunch of weird crap in it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she runs away and like Nita Mori is kind of having the same kind of reserved like back and forth with her. She was before, but as soon as she leaves, she just kind of glares at her. Yeah. And uh, she goes out to like the train tracks to practice her lines for the play where she's talking about like, oh, I don't have a home to go back to. All I have is a cat. Which is obviously, you know. <laughs> right. And then her cat shows up. Yeah. And yeah, now and, it's kind of. And she's yeah. like, "Hey, you're skipping. You know, you skipped rehearsal." And he's like, "Okay, I can tell people where I found you." Right. Yeah, you're also skipping rehearsal. Uh, but yeah, they talk for a bit where he's like, you know, legitimately worried about his friend. Like, hey, it kind of seems like stuff is kind of nuts at your house right now. And uh, she's just playing it off, like, not wanting to get into it, making fun of his hat again. Yeah, like, she's trying to act like she is a big kid. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I've got a lot of money, and... Right. Like, yeah, I'm She rich, specifically calls herself, like, a nouveau rich princess, which is something the secretary called her. Yeah. Like, she's just repeating phrases she's heard adults use to sound more adult. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're my cat, so you should need to follow what I say. And he's she's like, like no, I'm, I'm waiting for someone. Yeah, no. And then, yeah, Haruko shows up. Causes a gigantic traffic accident. Kills dozens. Yeah. And then crashes her bike uh, because of a cat. It runs into Nauta, who then, in another 3D moment, spins around. And ends up almost kissing... Uh, Nina Mori. Right, they're like lined up to kiss, but then like the slow motion stops. And you remember he's going, like zooming through the air, and he just smashes into her face instead. Yeah, this episode's actually pretty good. I yeah. like this episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I feel yeah. weird about this. We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there's definitely things to feel weird about in this one. Uh, you see, like Nina Mori's head glow a little bit when their heads crash together. Yeah. Uh, his hat fell off during all that, so she sees the cat ears, and Haruko is trying to get her not to touch them, but she just immediately touches them. And they, like, and she's acting so weird because she's like talking through a megaphone, but right. she's like, like, what kind? And she's like, I don't know, a cat or something? Uh, right. Meow, meow. She's like, oh, a young girl shouldn't touch something like that with her bare hands. And she's like, why? They're, they're cat ears. Yeah. And then she gets nauseous and collapses. Yeah. And Haruko's like, I told you. And then it cuts to them all at Nauta's house eating dinner. Yeah. And, and another scene that's, like, weird animation style. Yeah. And he's, like, freaking out because it's too hot. And his face turns into the scream mask a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his, his grandpa just dies from how hot it is. Yeah, and he is pointing out... Nauta's pointing out that, like, even though... Uh, Nita Mori is, like, being so cool, calm and cool collected about it. Like, her curry is actually way less spicy. Yeah, like, you literally... There's, like, heat lines coming off of Nauta's, and there aren't off of Nita Mori's. Yeah. Uh, Conti is sitting at the table just, like, spooning curry into the vent on his face, which is probably not good for him. But, you know, he's trying. <laughs> he's doing his best. And Nita Mori's just like, hey... 
How come you have a robot? And they're like, don't worry about it. He, uh, his dad says, oh, that's our TV. And then Conti starts walking away. She's like, why can't it move? And he's like, because it's a TV Walkman. Right. Uh, a, but yeah. a dumb good joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they find out that Ninamori got run over, and his dad is freaking out. It's doing kind of an Eva-type thing, where it keeps reusing the same, like, clip of her, like... He says, I don't think it's a big deal, and then takes a bite of curry. Yeah. So, like, everything everyone is saying about her getting run over, about her parents doing stuff, and she just keeps saying the same thing over and over, of, eh, it's no big deal. Yeah. Um... And I like his dad is like, well, hey, why don't you spend the night over here so we can get bad things, you know, out of our heads, like horrible affairs and getting run over. Like, letting her spend the night once at his house is going to make up for it. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> you know, he's got kind of, he kind of looks like a dirtbag version of Gendo. Yeah. Like, if Gendo <laughs> grew his hair out, he would kind of look like... Now it's his dad. He also kind of looks like a dirtbag version of Anno. Yeah, I think uh, Kamon is his name, or Kamon. Yeah. It's like K-A-M-O-N. Yeah. Uh, but Ninamori starts to feel nauseous again, and runs to the bathroom. And it cuts to her like she is uh, in like the bath, and his dad is like, now it's his dad is like, hey, this we're cool, right? Right, he's, like, standing outside the window talking to her through it while she's naked in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, she just keeps repeating that it's no big deal. I think it's literally the same voice clip. Yeah. Um, and he, he's like, oh, you're so mature, and then hands her a thing to keep the soap out of her eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we cut to Conti and Nauta talking, but, like, Conti seems to have just said something, and... Now she's right. like, no, don't worry. You need a more She's very mature. She's, you know, not like that. Right, like, Conti clearly just pulled him aside and like, hey, your friend is, like, having a lot of emotional pain, and you should probably, like, help her. And he's like, no, yeah. you're a cra- crazy robot. <laughs> Why would you? Ah, you're ah. nuts, Conti. <laughs> uh, and then we see her that she's wearing glasses, and she's like, oh, yeah, I, I wear contacts at most of the day. Yeah. And she's, like, wearing his pajamas, but they're too small for her. Yeah, uh, they were, like, eating this, like, weird, uh, like, almost Capri Sun kind of thing. Yeah, I think this is literally, like, uh, like, an advertising thing. I think, I think I remember him saying in the commentary that, uh, like, by the time this came out, like, they had stopped making that. Oh. <laughs> great uh but yeah they're just slurping these like juice pouches and uh it's kind of weird because like these are now in america oh are they yeah like i definitely have seen stuff like this where it's like very concentrated juice like packs oh yeah yeah i guess i have too um and she's talking about how like he doesn't she doesn't want him to say anything about her staying over because people will get the wrong idea He's like, well, yeah, no, of course not. Let's not even hang out for a couple days after this. Uh, and she goes, yeah, well, I mean, we can hang out tonight, right? And he... Nauta goes through, like, four different moods at the same time. Yeah. Where, like, he panics at her saying that, but then immediately, like, leans up against her, but then jumps away from her again. And she's like, no, I just meant, like, you know, because we're friends. We're going to hang out. Yeah. 
I didn't have any, you know, ulterior motives behind saying that at all. What's wrong with you? And he's a be like, this is weird. You should go home. Like, I, I can't be with a girl. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's really fucking weird. Your ears. Yeah. And yeah, he t- she talks about like, yeah, you know, it's perfect though. You're playing a cat in the play, so you have cat ears. It's great. And he f- like throws another tantrum about it and s- says like, no, I don't want to play a cat. Why do I have to play a cat? And this is where she admits that she rigged the votes to make yeah. both of them the leads. And kind of basically reveals that she has a crush on him. Yeah. Like, moves in towards him and, like, puts her hand on his and starts talking about how, like, oh, yeah, I just thought it'd be really great if we were leads in the play together. And, yeah, yeah, I cheated, but that's what the whole play is about. It's about this, like, guy that just lies and creates his whole false identity, but then that becomes him, because he lies loud enough, and then all of his problems magically go away, and that's what'll happen to me! Yeah. I'm fine! I'm not mad at my parents at all! And Haruko's there. Yeah. And she's like, yep, I heard all that. Yeah. I like that she just has a bunch of shit in her bed. Well, it's all the shit that her, that the brother had. Right, but it's like not all boxed up like it used to be, because she yeah. went through it all. Uh, but yeah, she's just kind of like teasing uh, Nina Mori about like, oh wow, if you class president cheated to be in the school play. Wow. Do you really think that's gonna work at all? That's funny. And, and then she kind of like, yeah. repeating the same animation again. Yeah, yeah. And then she starts petting Nauta's ears and like flagrantly teasing her that, oh yeah, I'm here every night getting to cuddle with this boy you like. Yeah. Who is too dense to understand that you like him. And then it just cuts to Haruko making out with him in class. Yeah. Well, it seems like he was like, uh, like sleeping when she yeah. like woke him up by kissing him. Right. And the his annoying friend starts yelling about how they kissed on the lips. Uh, I think the pun here is supposed to be that like the Japanese word or like the Japanese onomatopoeia for kiss is chew, and I think that's also part of how you say mouse. And that's yeah. why he's dressed like a mouse. Yeah. Uh which like that is something I I think is just impossible to translate. Yeah, they do a good job of it in the next episode where like they change mouth to mouth to like mouse to mouse. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Haruko is there to give him his lunch because he's gotta stay late for a rehearsal. And uh, he doesn't want to stay. He's angry about it. Nita Mori's mad at him that he won't just cooperate with her. Uh, so they start yelling at each other, and he like angrily knocks her like hat off of her because she's she's got like a fancy hat on as part of her costume. Yeah, and like everyone's like, like, no, like we all decided this. Right. It was democratic. Uh, and he makes her mad enough that she rips his hat off and shows everyone his cat ears. So then he yells at her and, like, tells everybody that she cheated. Yeah. There's also, while, like, they're arguing back and forth, and, like, each of their, like, close-ups, you can see the guy just as a rat, and he has, like, different facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, a bit where, like, uh, now it just says, like, you know, school plays are dumb and for kids, and not, uh, you know, more, he's like, we are kids, dipshit. Yeah. Uh, and also, she says that her parents are going to see it, which is, you know, like, the other piece of this puzzle. Right. And, uh, 
like the stress of being like exposed makes a month like the cat ears transfer to her because their yeah. heads bonked earlier and uh they turn into like long horns and like another cat ear grows out and turns into a horn and it turns into like this spider monster coming out of her head but it doesn't like completely disconnect from her like the ones have from nata yeah i i like the concept of this uh-huh yeah yep i know of where you're going with this monster design it is, and, like, of having this kind of human hanging off of it and right. using their legs in ways that are not meant to be used. Uh-huh. When it is a 12-year-old who is wearing bloomers. Hey, you know what? Like, she's in, that like, athletic gear. Yeah. Fine, whatever. But you don't need to make a joke where, like, her, like, underwear falls off and Conti or- has to, like, put it back on her while still, like, defending against her. Or, like, one of the main things that she immediately does is grab yeah. Nauta, like, so that his head is in her crotch. Yep. Yeah. It's it's not good. It, which is, it's too bad, because I think this whole fight scene is actually pretty good, other than, like, what we just mentioned. Right. You just, you don't need to sexualize children, guys. I know, I, it's a weird concept. <sighs> yeah, but, uh... Haruko, like, grabs a ukulele from somebody and, like, tries to fight with it, but it just breaks. Yeah, which, it got referenced in the manga where she used a ukulele, but it it was actually a gun. Oh, that's good, yeah. Uh, Nauta is, like, clinging onto her, trying to, like, get Ninomori away from the monster, but they're, like, attached to each other. Um, and so is like, okay, let's, let's get out of here. Right, and, and this is, like, the one fight scene that isn't Pillow's music because it's just, like, classical music. Yeah. And, uh, like, Har Har yeah. is, like, more cartoonish than ever. Like, she has, like, when she runs, she has, like, those, like, fast like, sonic lines on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just got, like, a wheel for legs. Yeah. Uh, the she... teacher gets, like, <laughs> destroyed by yeah. uh, her Vespa scooter, which she called. Right, right. Oh, yeah, she, like, whistles, and it just drives there from the bakery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, like, confronts the thing on the roof now that she's got her guitar and starts beating it up. And there's uh, an eye on top of it like it is with, like, a lot of these things. Yeah. Uh, I, there's, like, a quick shot where, like, it's still using Inamori's legs to, like, fend off Haruko and, like, Shin- uh, not Shinji. Now it just keeps, like, getting kneed in the face every time it rears back to attack. Yeah, and, like, he gets, like, a bloody nose. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets, like, thrown off of her and kneed by Haruko, who is, like, thro- flying through the air at it. I really like the part where Conti goes up through the roof and punches it in the, like, the eye, and you can yeah. see it bleeding. Yeah, yeah, And then, like, they, she, like, mashes the neck of her guitar into its eye, and it, like, opens up, and it's all pink inside, because this is a girl monster, so it's got, you know, more vaginal imagery than yeah. dick imagery. And the and curry, the curry that, yeah, the curry she brought falls. for Nata just, yeah, falls into it, and it starts getting sick. It yeah. gets diarrhea and poops Nidamori out. Uh, but also, Kanti lands on uh, the teacher's car. Yeah. But she's still pink off, and you get our first South Park reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, because he's got the little Kenny, uh... Kenny Kichi with, like, but he's, yeah. like, harpoons. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, she's, like, goes for, like, knocked out to, like, gets up and is, like, just go, like, decency demerits! 
I like that, like, the kids see that the car got smashed and they say, oh, geez, she was still making payments on that. Like, why yeah. did they know that? Because I'm sure she complains about it all the fucking time. <laughs> right, exactly. When she, she like, did her, her thing about, like, cars. Right. She just talked about, like, oh, like, I bought this car and I thought it'd be really nice, but actually it's just a pain in the ass and I... Still paint it off. And <laughs> yeah. This is gonna, uh, but yeah, Conti eats. Now to again. This sounds weird to say, but I think the animation of, uh, Nita Mori getting mm. pooped out is actually pretty good. It's a really well animated scene, yeah. It's just like sputtering gross juices everywhere. And like, like you can see like her hair like unfused from the bottom of it. Yeah, and, like, as she's, like, lying down, like, she's, like, in, like, this, like, it's less gross. It's, like, still gross-looking, but it's not, like, explicitly poopish, like, with no, Nauta. No, no, no. It's just, yeah, gross fluid. Yeah, uh, but it also kind of looks, like, beautiful in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, Conti eats Nauta and shoots the monster and kills it. Because the monster tries to run away looking for the bathroom, but ends up just walking off, running off the side of the building. Right, yeah, Haruko just tells it the bathroom is off the side of the building, and it runs and almost falls. And, like, tries to steady itself, and then it gets shot. Yeah. And so the he, the bullet, and then, like, the bullet then... Uh, like, there's a big explosion, and the bullet kind of does its normal thing of coming back. Right, it kind of rips up the school a little bit first. Yeah. And, yeah, like... The explosion is big enough that, like, Mamimi can see it from the river. Because that's still where she is. That's where she always is. Uh, but the building that ripped up was the place where they're having the theater. Yeah. Like, the play, uh, apparently her parents ended up not getting divorced, and Nita Mori was like, oh, I don't care, but she was happy about that. Right, right. And, like, yeah, we're seeing the the curtain raise on the play. Nauta is in a full cat <laughs> costume. He's gotten over himself. I like that uh, the teacher is, like, all bandaged up, and yeah. her arm thing has, like, a little shark rip, like, drawn on it. Yeah, yeah. The teacher's so good. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the, Nauta sees that Nina Mori's wearing her glasses on stage, which, wow, like, she usually pretends like she doesn't need glasses. What a, a you know, her maturing, actually, like, actually maturing. Right, but then she looks at him and, like, pokes her finger through the frame and, like, says, oh, no, no, they're fake. <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like, because that's, she's trying to look more mature, of course her, she's got fake glasses. Right. And, like, the music cuts out, it's all really good. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of the third episode. That's the end of the third episode. Yeah, I I liked this a lot. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do. Yeah, Fully Cooly holds up surprisingly well. Again, the fan service shit is bad and, like, kind of inexcusable. Yeah, like, in regards to, like, even going, this feels more like fan service than... 100%. Well, again, I think there are scenes that are trying to, like, be about, like, now to, like, coming into his own sexually and all that stuff, but... When Nauta's not even around, and it's just, I don't know, here's a panty shot of Mamimi, the, uh, like, homeless girl who gets kicked in the teeth by life over and over again. Yeah. Like, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks on that one. And, like, especially, like, when, uh, she is just, like, it's so, like, inconsequential. 
Yeah. Like, you're not even, like, drawing, like, a lot of attention to it, like, in the term of, like, the Sibahara Harakara, like, has the cop looking up her skirt. Yeah. It's just like, oh, there's a lot of wind, so you see your panties a bunch. Right. And just, ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's one of those things that is, like, frustrating. Yeah. And makes the show harder to recommend to people. Right, yeah, like, listen, if if in 2019 you have no patience for that, I Understandable. get Understandable. I get it. Like, I think the only reason I can really get past that is because I saw it as a kid, and, like, I can... It can kind of sneak in on, like, just the goodwill of that. Yeah. Because even, like, I've watched a little bit of... I've watched, I think I said, the first episode of the two new seasons of Fully Cooley. And, like, even those, the sexual stuff, I'm like, ugh, this is gross. It affects you a lot more because you don't have that... Yeah. Like... Goodwill. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's basically everything about what we were going to talk about with FLCL. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're going to cover the next three episodes next time, and then we'll see what we do with Progressive. And Yeah, like those might end up being one episode apiece. Who knows? I think probably what will happen, we'll watch the first three episodes of Progressive, figure out if we have enough to say, or if we should just watch the back three also and do it all in one episode. Yeah. Um. Uh, we did get at least one question. Yeah, yeah. Look, like we only had the one. Uh, from at Wine, no prize. Uh, I've heard people say the show's only good if you watched it as a teen. Do you agree? It's hard to say because we both watched it as teens. I have definitely said that in the past, though. That like, oh yeah, this is a show for fourteen-year-olds, and I don't necessarily mean that as an insult. I mean that like, it's something that's made to resonate with teenagers. And maybe as an adult, you just kind of, like, roll your eyes at it. I think you can still appreciate the artistry that goes into it. Yeah. But, like, everything about it, I think, is, like, perfect for 14-year-olds. It's definitely geared towards that mindset. Although, again, like, I appreciate it way more at 28 than I did at, like, 22, you know? Yes. And, like, I, I, I'm getting different things. Like, all of Madibi as, like, a character. Yeah. And how bad her life is. Right. Which, like, that's not subtle. Like, you, they're very clear that her life sucks. It just never really sunk in with me when I was younger. Yeah, because you're focused on Nauta, like, all the symbolism and stuff like that. Right, I just want to watch the cool robot fights. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I think this. I think there's still good stuff in it, and at least it's fun as like pillows music videos, like we said. Yeah. Oh god, the music's so good. Oh, so good. Do you have a favorite one? Like, let's set aside "Ride on Shooting Star." Like, what's what's a favorite pillow song in this show so far? I, I for would you? need to like listen to it again. Yeah. I really like the one from that set. The first episode, the like. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of the slower, sadder one. Yeah. I really like the one that plays when uh, Conti eats Nauta in the second episode, which I think that song's yeah. called Little Busters, and that song rules. All of, like, all of the show, like, all of the music is really good. Yeah, yeah. Again, can't recommend Pillow's music enough. I got really mad because I looked on Spotify, and the only Pillow's album they had was the Fully Cooley soundtrack, which is good songs, but, like, they do have other good songs that aren't yeah. in this show. 
I was trying to find the name of that one song, but yeah, and like, and like yeah, like right on streaming, uh, brand, uh, brand new love song. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all really great. Uh, but yeah, I think that does it. <laughs> Came in just under three hours. Yeah, listen, we're broken. We spent like forty five minutes per episode, and we also spent four or five minutes on right. Uh, so, hopefully we won't have to do that next time. Yeah, hopefully there won't be something new for us to get into. <laughs> there can't be, right? The thing happened. Yeah, it's... We did not bring up that that dude also defended child porn. Yeah, that also apparently happened. And, like, he was like, there isn't any child porn in dojins because they're not children. Like, they're not real children. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a that's a thing to say. <sighs> let's let's end this. Yeah, let's Luke, where can we find you if you want to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find a bunch of other shows I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as uh, Teenagers of Attitude, Let's Place, uh, MCU Complete Me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do Totally Reprise with you and our friend Molly. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Go listen to it. How about, how about you, Ashley? You can find me at Brand with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, you can also find me at uh, HeineCackle.com where I do all my articles and podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can, I don't know, find me at Patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor where I have my Patreon and all the early episodes of this podcast and others. All right. Yeah, go, go give Ashley money. Yeah. Do it. I, I would appreciate it. We should probably have a different sign-off than get in the podcast, because it's a different, different show now. Mm. I think I we think joked like... about that, and we said, oh, we have a whole week to think of one. We'll get it. Yeah. Uh, nothing amazing ever happens in this podcast. <laughs> that, that's the damn truth. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up a thing of, like... FLCO quotes and the first one is uh, it's a it's a must be a TV walkway which like that's not that's <laughs> not a quote yeah uh, po- we're, we're we're podcasting out the wrinkles so you can't think I no mm-mm. nothing can happen till you pod the cast <laughs> wait what are you replacing oh swing the bat yeah there you go <laughs> you have to pod the cast <laughs> when are you gonna finally pod the cast, Nata? Nata would have a podcast if this was made today. Yeah, it takes an idiot to do podcasts. What? <laughs> One of the protagonists of the new FLCL stuff had better have a podcast. Damn it! That girl with the cat ear headphones. She's a podcaster. Just look yeah. at her. Yeah. We should All go. Right. Yeah, let's go. <laughs>